Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Demcast Network. I'm Kimberly Johnson, quarantined in D.C., and today Jody Hamilton is here. Thankfully, I woke up in such a foul mood today. Well, I didn't really wake up in a foul mood. I was put in a foul mood by a stupid post that I saw by somebody that I've known my whole life, and I get into it with her so I explain it and you'll hear about it then but anyway she she cheered me up and I you know I could talk to her forever but I do want to say I'm going to be real quick at this with this intro I want to say that we did it was about an hour and 45 minutes so we really didn't start talking about politics until about halfway through the show first part of the show I just vented over something that pissed me off the the thing that I'm telling you about the stupid post that I saw and something else about a woman Denise Richards specifically who used to be married to Charlie Sheen so I needed to vent that out of the way and we talked about that but and we talked about some fun things too about like when we live you know living in Los Angeles experiences that we had not together separate but still talked about those experiences which I swear to God I could talk to her all day long about that but then eventually we did get into the nitty gritty po- political conversation. I think while we were, while I was podcasting, evidently Joe Biden gave this fucking hardcore speech. And I'm looking forward to hearing that. So I'm just going to be really quick and say that Start Me Up is an independent podcast and it's supported by listeners. It's also woman run. I don't use corporate backers. I don't use advertisers. It's patrons who keep this show going. So I always encourage everybody to go to patreon.com slash start me up. Take a look at who I've interviewed, although most of the time it's a political discussion. Sometimes I interview actors and I ask them about their craft specifically, but more often than not, I just interview people and we discuss politics through the lens of me and whoever I'm talking to. And so you can, like I said, if you go to patreon.com slash start me up, you can see who I've had on the show before. You can also visit the different tiers to support the show. Now, I'm just going to explain that I like, you know, I've got a $2 tier and a $5 tier. You could go to whatever tier and change that dollar amount to what you want. So if you wanted to support for more, you can do that. But I'm just basically what I'm saying is you don't have to go along with what the tiers say. You can, you can figure out your own dollar amount. Um, that said, you could start for like two bucks a month. And then if you really like, oh my God, I'm digging the show and I really want to support Kimberly, you can upgrade later. So you could do that. Here's the way it works. I do two free shows per week, Monday and Wednesday. And then I do two patrons only shows throughout the month. The first, I usually make the first patrons only show for literally patrons only meaning if you've signed up for a dollar or more you get that show delivered to your email box (laughs) you get that show delivered to your email box along with the free shows if you sign up for five dollars per month or more then you get everything I do right now delivered to your email box you get all the free shows plus the two patrons only shows so that's up to you the other way that you can support the show is if just in the text of the Patreon description, I always include my email address. So you can go to PayPal and some people like to just give me a one time here. Thank you. I support what you're doing. And to those people, I say thank you. I say thank you to all my patrons because, oh, my God, you guys, thank you. Thank you. Like I bow to you. I really appreciate it. Just visit patreon.com slash start me up. And like I said, Two bucks a month. You'll hardly even miss it. It's like it's like like two lattes a year or something, or it's twenty-four bucks, right? So I don't know how many lattes that is per year that you, you would get for me for doing the show. Which I don't even drink lattes, but you know, 
whatever. <laughs> you can also find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. Just stop by the iTunes slash Apple podcast store or app or whatever it is and become a subscriber because it's free. And then while you're there, give me a rating, which by the way, thank you. I, you know, every day I keep seeing new ratings. You don't even know how much I appreciate it. Thank you so much. And if while you're there, while you're there, just give me a good review. You don't have to say like this long, lengthy thing. Just go, hey, I love this show. This is a great show. This is an entertaining show. Whatever it is you think, just real quick. And it really does help. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for supporting the show. Thank you for visiting the uh, Apple podcasts and, and giving me ratings. I can't even explain to you how much I appreciate it, which I try to every every single show. But, you know, anyway, that's it. I'm going to stop talking now. I'm going to get into it with Jody because we we talked a lot. And don't forget, we do get into politics. Anyway, enjoy my conversation with Jody Hamilton. Welcome back to the show, Jody. Hi, Kimberly. It's good to be back. I'm glad you're back. I have fun talking to you. And the last time, <laughs> I, I have to admit, the last time we talked, it was like, I, I think I had not booked my the next show, and I was looking for someone, and I was just like, but they're not as good as Jody. Oh, <laughs> you're so sweet. It's so fun to talk to you. <laughs> I really mean that. And you know what? I have to brag just for some, just for a second. Peter Frampton just followed me. Isn't that cool? <gasps> that is so cool. I was like, first I saw it on my phone, and it said, like, at Peter Frampton followed you. And I'm like, well, is it the real Peter Frampton? And right, it was. Right. And it was like, oh, my God, that's so awesome. Because I just never expect anything like that. I mean, sometimes it's always cool to get someone, you know, prominent, especially a, like a political figure and all that. And you can always right. like feel like, oh, wow, that's really cool. But when right. it's so, like the celebrities or musicians, it's like, but the one who I would love to follow me more than anyone, and I know he never will, is Mick Jagger, because I'm like the Rolling Stones fan. So I doubt, <laughs> I doubt he'll ever follow me, but... That's okay. <laughs> no, Peter Fra it's like it's it's like with Getty Lee following Bob. Right, I know. You know. Yeah, he, totally. He needs to reach out to him and have him on a celebrity show. Oh, absolutely. I think he should. And yeah, he's always showing me like when Getty Lee likes uh, one of the things that he posts on Instagram or something like that cuz it's like cuz for him for him that's his Mick Jagger. You know? Absolutely. So it's like I would be freaking out if Mick Jagger liked anything. I mean, the other <laughs> the other day uh, what was it? Nancy Sinatra liked one of my wow. posts. So I was like, well, that's pretty cool. But um, yeah, but it's just I love that's what I love about Twitter is that you can interact with everybody. You know, it's like y you get politicians, you get actors and musicians and authors. And, you know, I mean, it, you can have uh, uh, a celebrity or something with, with a huge massive following right. retweet someone who's got a hundred followers. You know what I mean? It's, I think that's just the coolest thing and that you can actually talk to them and say what you think, whether or not they actually read what you say, you know, you never know, but other people right. see it and it's an opportunity. That's like the difference. I mean, of course, Facebook is a fascist uh, run side. How do you really feel? <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, it's different on Facebook because that's, I mean, my Facebook, I do have a friends and family Facebook, then that's right. all it is. But then I have the other one that's open to everybody and I'm very political on there. So the people who follow me are just like, like-minded people who right. um, want to talk about politics. But it's like, you know, I, I can't scream at Trump or I can't scream at Don Jr. on, on Facebook with the same right. kind of you know, uh, like there's a chance that Don, especially because I have a blue check. And so when you have a blue check, um, there is, 
a thing where you can see what other blue checks have tweeted at you or if they've liked, you can, you know, single right. that out. And so it's like, I know that like with, unless he's muted me, you know, Don Jr. will probably see what I tweet to him. Same with Bob because Bob's constantly, but he may mute people, you know, cause right. I think, I think it's, you know, it's so much better to mute. That's people. what I do. Yeah. I mean, well, I don't mute the trolls like from Russia. I just block them to cut mm -hmm. off their oxygen. But when it's like, when it's someone like that, I just mute, but I did block Candace Owens and <laughs> who else? Good for you. Yeah. I can't take her. <laughs> and there was a couple, there's a couple other big ones that I just block, but usually I don't block the big ones. I, I, I might mute them. So anyway, yeah. but how have you been doing? I'm doing all right, you know, hanging in. Yeah. Just, you know, the cat just yelled at me to feed her, so we fed her. And <laughs> she brought in a, p a baby mouse last <gasps> night. Ooh. Oh, was it alive? And yeah. And oh, it, no. it, 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 she came in the house and she was acting kind of weird. And I'm like, did she bring something in? And then I saw this little, like, dark gray thing yeah. scooch. Because naturally, they come in the office, right. which has the most stuff <laughs> to hide, to hide uh -huh. in, yet is. It's you can't get out of here kind of thing, you know, yeah. so they like to hide in where wires are and things. Yeah. So it's, you know, so I saw him kind of scurrying. It looked like he, he or she turned to towards the front door. So I opened the front door because that's the way out. Yeah. And we were like, no. And so we went to <laughs> get something to eat. And then we came home and the cat had cornered the poor <laughs> thing under a bookcase. <laughs> and I look and I see it and it's. I'm, we weren't even sure it was alive, and so yeah. Lonnie got a broomstick, Aww. and it was kind of the little a slight puncture yeah. on his little body, Aww. and then he kind of flopped into Lonnie's uh, gloved hand. So we put it outside, and it was still out there this morning. And then Lonnie found another floating little oh baby in our pool, and we found a even smaller dead one much younger one so this poor mom mm -hmm. mouse or rat has just lost three of her children <laughs> you know and we, there's been some poisonings in the neighborhood too which is just awful because that will not only kill the rats and mice but it'll kill cats right. dogs owls yeah. hawks you know and it's Jesus. like please don't poison these poor little animals know. you know it doesn't know. if you want to kill i understand you don't want them in your house i mm -hmm. get it mm -hmm. but Snap traps. If you really want to kill them, just that's the only way to I do know. it safely and and somewhat less horrifically. Yeah, it. That, I mean, it's just sad. You know, I mean, it's just it that's is. the way that's the way it goes, and I understand that. But it's it's. Eh. I know my dad was saying the other day, he was in the family room, and and you can there's a you know the kitchen is right next to it, and he said mm -hmm. he saw something move on out of the corner of his eye and there was a mouse on the counter on the kitchen <laughs> counter fun <laughs> oh my we haven't had that i mean there was a mouse that lived in our home for about a week hmm. um we were trying to safely catch her yeah and the reason i know it was a her because at one point she jumped over my head and she had no balls so <laughs> she, how did she jump over your head Okay, so we <laughs> we had her, basically, she, we knew she was in the office, and she was in one of this closet that's in our office, so we kind of had her barricaded in there. We had a thing blocking the bottom. I mean, she probably could have squeezed out, but she, basically, we had her, we had a safe trap that was, she liked Gouda mm -hmm. cheese. She had <laughs> okay. very, very nice taste in cheese. So we had very safe, you know, unhurting traps for right. her, but she would just take the food, you yeah, know, right. smart animal, right. and just eat it, you know. So she was living in our house for like three or four days, and one night I had my leg out of my uh, the sheets because it was warm. Mm -hmm. So my leg's kind of out. Cat is sleeping between Lonnie and me. Okay, so we're in a dead sleep, and I feel somebody <gasps> crawl down my leg. Oh my god! So of all the rooms 
in the house, mm-hmm. this mouse decided, let's go where the cat is. Oh, my God. Because That's that makes sense, right? So, <laughs> so she she runs r- down my leg, and I wake up going, holy shit, the <laughs> mouse is in the room. Yeah. And so we bolt out of bed, turn on the lights, and I realized that she was behind our dresser. So stupidly, because I wasn't thinking, we decide to block, you know, the, on the floor one side so that hopefully she'll crawl in. We put the trap on the other side. So we were hoping that if we could scare her, she would just crawl into this trap and then voila, we would have this right. poor mouse safely captured and we would put her outside and life would go on, right? <laughs> no, forgetting completely <laughs> that they can vertically climb <laughs> on wow. flat surfaces. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, they can climb straight up a wall. Wow. And so so needless to say, she, you know, we're trying to scare her. <laughs> and she goes, no, fuck that. <laughs> and she shoots up the side of the, the back side of our dresser drawer and leaps over my shoulder. Oh, my God. And then comes back into the office and hides. Wow. She's smart. She was smart. She was very smart. And then uh, the next morning was Tuesday, so I drove to Stephanie's in the morning, and Lonnie got her cornered in near our um, uh, dishwasher. So there's this kind of, there's this, uh, where we have our recycling. Mm-hmm. And so there's a door there, and he got her in there, and then he did put a snap trap in, and mm. then she she did not survive the morning. Aww. But we tried. Yeah. I mean, we really did. Right. <laughs> the cat was just like, the cat just wanted a friend or something. I don't know. That, you know, I've never dealt, knock on wood, I've never dealt with a mouse. I mean, I've... I've just never birds. Lived, yeah, I've never lived <laughs> in a house, and I don't ever live on the first floor. Mm. Well, I, well, have I lived in a house? No, I don't think so. Well, wow. actually, no. Once I did in Los Angeles, but mm-hmm. um, outside of that, it's oh, and we didn't, we weren't there even long enough. So, I think we were only there for like six months. So that you know, it's always been an apartment or a condo, and it's never right. been on the first floor. So. Uh, I haven't necessarily, but you know, I did have that bird situation. <laughs> <laughs> you did have that bird. No, I mean, even when we had dogs here, they never brought in mice. Yeah. Um, and this one squirrel that used to come in the house, she would just come in and out of the doggy door and eat the dog's food and leave. Um, oh, wow. And that was very cute. We have it on video. It's adorable. <laughs> um, and then the other squirrel that we would let in, sometimes he would just kind of run around the house and we'd open all the wow. doors and then he'd figure his way out. That's and funny. It, and one of my dogs would. She wouldn't know what to do. She would just shake. And the other yeah. dog was raised with cats, so he's like, whatever. You know, you just <laughs> look like a cat. You know, you know there's some uh, a squirrel on imps Instagram. I think it's Hammy the Squirrel. H-A-M-M-O. Yes, I know Hammy the Squirrel. Fucking yes. love that page. Uh-huh. And it's like, because that, that, that squirrel is a domesticated squirrel. Yeah. And it's so cute. I guess it's a girl. Is Hammy a girl? Do you know? Um, you can tell boys from girls because their balls are huge. Oh, okay. But I've never seen balls. Then it's a girl. Uh, well, I'm not saying that. That I don't know if it has balls, so I'll have you to. You can keep my trust eye out. me. You'd know. Okay. <laughs> you can't, they're like human size. I swear to God. God said to all mammals, "You're gonna have the same size balls, whether you're a horse, an elephant, a human, or a fucking mouse. They oh drag God, so their funny. balls. They drag them. I swear to God, they're well, human size. I love watching Hammy because, like, especially when. I, I'm going to call her a she when she eats nuts because mm-hmm. you can hear it. And I just oh, yeah. love how they stare directly at the camera mm-hmm. and hold it and just like, and f- you know, how squirrels eat. And right. I've always loved squirrels. I, you know, we used to, my, well, I lived with my mom in, in uh, Glendale and this 
squirrel used to come up on our patio and I, I named her Rachel, but we uh-huh. would, we would lay seeds out for her and she would just stand there and like eat the seeds. And I, I would just watch. I, she's so fascinating. I love, I think they're so cute. And I love Hammy they because are. she's got big fat arms. Like she's totally loved and fed well and you can see it and it just makes, they also have a rabbit, which is adorable, but the, the squirrel is really why I like going to that page. And I also like going to cats of Instagram, especially now because I'm so desperate. I'm so desperate <laughs> and I just have to wait, but I will wait. So I have to wait till at least after, I don't know, my mom's getting her hip sur- surgery on October 30th. So I'm going to stay with her for about two weeks, however long it takes her to heal her hip surgery. And then, um, you know, I'm going to come back home and that's when I'm going to start pressuring Bob. <laughs> <So> <laughs> and he, I mean, it's so funny because I show him. It's so funny, too, because my girlfriend just got two cats and we want two uh-huh. cats. And I'm always showing him cat things. And, right. you know, and it's like, I'm sure he's just like, oh, my God, would you just stop? But I keep doing it anyway. And he, he's very sweet about it. <laughs> he, he watches them. <laughs> but I'm like, I watch. I mean, whether I have cats or not, I spend a ridiculous amount of time looking at cats of Instagram or, you know, just the, the cat pages on a- anywhere. I love animal stories. And that's the one thing in the Trump administration that, you know, I kind of default to mm-hmm. that or looking at houses, uh, on Redfin. And I do that too. Lonnie looks at cars. I look at homes. Oh my God. I love looking at homes. And I like setting it to be like, to, so it's like a million dollars or more. And oh, I yeah. have it set in different places like Bethesda and in DC. And then I have like San Marino, lo, par- parts of Los Angeles. And I keep getting a lot of Las Feliz homes, which I think is funny. Used to, I used to live there. And so it's ah. funny to see the different homes. But I always wonder is like, is this a, a famous person's home? Is this, you know, <laughs> d- does a famous politician live in it? Because that's like that sometimes, I mean, there was this house in Los Angeles that, or no, was it? Maybe I can't remember if it was Los Angeles or DC, but it was $39 million. Oh my God. It was ridiculous. But it's like, it's funny. It's like fun for me because I like looking at the decor. I've always like, whenever I walk past, if I'm on a walk, if I walk past a house that I think is pretty, I just want to go in and look. Yeah. You know, I'm so curious. Like, what's this house like? How did they furnish it? And what's so it like when you get, you know, some in some cases you have to just look at the staged house. But, right. you know, in many cases you can see people that this is actually their furniture and their taste. And my fun. neighbor down the street who whose cat we have now and have had for four years, <laughs> um, uh, he just I, I was on next door the other day and I see his house is for sale in this Alani, I saw the sign today. It's super tiny. Um, <laughs> so I was like, so I've known Steve, you know, he's lived here longer than I have, and, mm-hmm. and I've lived in this neighborhood for 26 years. Wow. And um, so I was like, Steve's house is for sale. Now, he has a shake shingle roof, just mm-hmm. to give you an idea, mm-hmm. and they want 1.35 mm-hmm. for it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, there's no way they're going to get one, almost $1.5 million yeah. for this house. And so they actually posted pictures, and there's mold Oh my visible God. and like it needs new carpets yeah. it, there's old wallpaper up from Ugh. like the 60s Ew. and there's no central air because they have all window air conditioners oh, wow. this is the valley right um yeah, you and need central air absolutely and so they i literally and they're like well it's a five-bedroom house on a big lot you could you know uh, it's got it, Needs a lot of work. Yeah, that's why you're not going to get one point three five million. And so, I, and and the neighborhood's been getting McMansionized. Right. Yeah. And um, so I emailed the 
uh, real estate agent. And I said, please encourage Steve to sell <laughs> to a family, you know, and yeah. please, please, please. Cause we don't, but, the, and by the way, he goes, well, can you afford it? I said, if I could afford it, I would only offer you $800,000 because yeah. it needs about a half a million dollars right. worth of work done right. to it. Yeah. Just on the bones that I know somebody's going to tear it down, but they're mm-hmm. not going to get 1.3 for it. There's no right. way. Yeah. There is no way. For me to get 1.35 in our house is in really good shape. Mm-hmm. We'd still need to paint the walls and yeah. fix some things, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like their bathrooms are in decent condition, weirdly. Um, but every other room in the house, like where his dad lived, because I think his dad just passed away, and that's where they're selling. Because um, uh, Lonnie thinks they had a reverse mortgage on it on top of it mm. all, so they can't afford wow. to live there now. Right. Um, so it's terrible. You know, the guys lived there his whole life, but it's just it's like, I literally go, please don't sell it to a developer, please. <laughs> right, exactly. Yes, exactly. Oh, my God. Wow. Well, that yeah, that's just one of the things that I do. But, you know, I want to I, I wanna bring this up. And and I and I want to bring it up. It's it's not necessarily political, but it does have to do with um, patriarchy and mm-hmm. social issues. So mm-hmm. one of my favorite television shows is The Real Housewives, and I like The OC, Beverly Hills, and <laughs> New Jersey. I've never watched any of those shows. Oh my so god! Just warning you, I don't know. Anything okay, well about that's fine. <laughs> you don't have to know anything. And um, but and I like New Jersey. New Jersey is especially fun because they remind me all of The Sopranos. It's like watching The Sopranos uh, without necessarily all the crime. Although one of the families did the the mother went yeah, to jail. Did somebody get arrested? Yes, yeah. and he was he he got sent back to Italy because. He what he never became a citizen, and he totally oh, wow. f- he uh, it was what is it uh, tax fraud, and so because his wife signed the papers, she she didn't necessarily engage in the tax law- fraud, but she didn't look at what he was doing. So I think he got like four years, and she got like a year. Anyway, going back to I I'm currently watching the Beverly Hills show, and so usually when I watch this, I'm always. I, I always watch it with my John. Now, granted, I just I have to say, obviously, it's a soap opera, right? Right. It's like course. a soap opera, and although I'm sure and I know they are encouraged to get into fights and have drama and all of that, I I know that you know some of it's legitimate, some of it's legitimate feelings and conversation and all that. So this year, Denise Richards, who used to be married to Charlie Sheen. She's now uh-huh. part of the show. And compared to the other women, she's so much more down to earth. You know, it's like when they're all wearing $50,000 dresses, she's in jeans and a T-shirt. And she pretty much doesn't put on airs. She seems like somebody that you could just hang out with and talk to and, you know, and, and all of that. So anyway, uh, at some Unless point... Unless you're Heather Locklear. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Because of Richie Sambora. Well, you know, and and, and Denise had a reality show. I think it was back in the 90s. And I thought this was interesting because somebody asked her, a reporter asked her about Richie Sambora, something Mm -hmm. about, you know, you you stole Richie Sambora or you you, you stole him. And and she and Denise was like, um, how do you how do you how how did she frame it? How do you steal a husband? It's right. like he, he, you know, they clearly had enough problems because Richie Sambora could have had sex with Denise Richards and stayed. A lot of yeah. men do that. You know, a lot of men or cheaters. I'll just say cheaters. A lot of people who cheat will cheat and stay with their, you know, the only time they leave is when they're uncomfortable and when they're unhappy. So clearly he was this relationship that they had um, <coughs> must not have been working or he wouldn't have left. Well, so I know for a fact that he was jealous of my brother. What do you mean? 
Um, when my when my brother was a makeup artist before he passed away, mm-hmm. um, he uh, was Heather's makeup artist on Melrose Place. Okay. And started working with her on like TJ Hooker and okay. when she would do Love Boat stuff. You know, I mean, he knew her for years and years and yeah. years. And they were very close friends. And when my brother was sick, she was pregnant with her and Richie's daughter. Wow. And she was, you know, like out there. She was seven months pregnant. And Jeffrey had hepatitis C. That's what was killing mm. him. And um, Heather wanted to visit him in the hospital badly mm-hmm. and i remember calling her house because jeffrey wanted me to s- talk to her and say no don't come because mm-hmm. you're you're pregnant mm-hmm. and i don't want you to risk your daughter's life yeah and so mr sambora picked up the phone <laughs> and and i said hi mr sambora he says yes i said is mrs sambora there and he goes may i ask who's calling i said jody hamilton he goes oh jeff's sister and i went yeah yeah it's like yeah you know and i get on the phone with her and she was just lovely Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just couldn't have been nicer. Yeah. And uh, but he was really not happy that my brother so was weird. friends with her. And she, I mean, there was no- nothing ever happened with my brother and, and right. Heather Locklear at all. Yeah. They were just really close friends. And um, same with Nicola Sheridan. I mean, you know, basically because he made really pretty women feel even prettier. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And and he was just really he was very friendly and he was straight, which is rare in makeup artistry and. All of that, and so, and it was very because Heather did come to his service, but her husband did not. Wow, come with her. That's pretty sad. Yes, I mean I don't know the insides of their marriage. It just right. I just not. assume that if a man is going to cheat on someone um, and then leave, I right. can't imagine that's a strong marriage. You know what I, I mean? Agree. And so I'm not blaming anybody. I'm just saying that's the yeah. way it goes. And so when I saw Denise answer that question, like, well, how do you steal a husband? Mm-hmm. You know, you 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 don't. You can have right. sex with them and you sure. can beg them to leave, but they're only going to leave if they want to leave. But anyway, that's but but I always remember thinking, wow, that's she's kind of an interesting person. And I watched a little bit of her reality show. So anyway, in this case. And I know that Denise has made some poor choices in men. I mean, look at Charlie Sheen. Yeah, hi. <laughs> Richie, <laughs> as well. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, yeah, exactly. So, anyway, she, I guess, so all the women were gathered at somebody's house, and this other woman named Brandy Glanville, I don't know if you know who she is, but she's a shit stirrer, and she always gets drunk everywhere she goes. She's been on the show before, and she made enemies of everybody on the show. And so she told all the women when Denise was not there that that she and Denise had sex and that Denise told her to keep it quiet because she didn't want her husband to know. So now she's just announced on you know national television, national television. that she's done this. And so now all the women are like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And I think there was a th- there had already been a little bit of like bad blood between them from prior issues on the show. But nobody cares about that. Just the point is these women all heard that Denise had sex with Brandy. And so they all take this trip to Italy and they confront her with it. And so long story short, it it appears that it's true, right? So Mm -hmm. of course, Denise doesn't want her husband to know. So the, uh, the initial reaction is to saying, no, that didn't happen. And it's not true. And I'm not going to fault her for that because I don't know what I would do if I were in that situation and cameras were, cameras were on me. And so anyway, so she goes, you know, and and the thing is, is though all the women were being so judgmental about, and they're kind of like, well, it's just that you're, you know, it's just their deal is like, well, we don't care if if she had sex with Brandy. We just care that she lied. And it's like, what different, it's not your fucking, it's, 
so long story short, they, they're like slut shaming her. And so now it's yeah. at the point where Denise Richards has, um, what is it? Uh, cease and desist against uh, the people on that show. The, oh, wow. the, the players and actually Bravo. And so I, I feel like, you know, I mean, normally I don't talk about these kinds of things um, on, on the show, like real housewife type things. But in this right. case, I think it's, it's it goes beyond real housewife. And I, I again, I understand it's a soap opera and I understand, you know, but I've watched this show for a long ass fucking time. Uh-huh. And I got to say, it's a, this was dark. This was like a turn. And, and what really bothers me about it, and I don't really give a fuck what Denise does in her own life. I'm not going to defend her. I'm not going to um, judge her. I just like to watch. Mm-hmm. And like the like uh, Jerry Falwell Jr. Yeah, I was about to say that. It's how Falwell of you. <laughs> but it's like, you know, I mean, and oftentimes, of course, I take sides. Just like in any soap opera, you're like, oh, I'm pro this character and against that character. But it's like, I really feel like this, you know, there's this, I don't know, it's such a dark, nasty judgment on this woman. And what what was so terrible that she did? I mean, right. okay, she cheated on her husband. That's her, that's her business. It's not my business. And right. again, yeah, it's a reality show and they put their lives on display. But that's their private personal life. And is there a line? Shouldn't there be a line somewhere? And regardless of that, it's like, okay, so this woman... It, it seems like if a man were to have sex with a woman, the scandal would be a different, the placement would be different. Like it wouldn't be about being a slut or, or, or it's, it seems like they're slut shaming her for, for doing this. And, and it's like, I just don't, I don't understand. I really don't understand why it's 2020 mm-hmm. and women still have to deal with this judgment about their sexuality and, you know, I mean, I don't know what would have happened if she had sex with a man. It probably still would have been sex shaming because nobody really seems to give a shit that it was with a woman. But right. but it's it's just this idea that every, you know, her life now seems to be ruined, at least temporarily. Obviously, her, her children are going to find out about this. And it's, it, you know, it, it's it's in the news and it's it's, you know, I mean, maybe not everyone's talking about it. But it just, it makes me mad. And I don't understand why women still have to fight this. I mean, I get it. We have patriarchy and we have judgment. But it makes me really angry because I just feel like I don't give a shit what she does. If she had sex with this woman, Brandy, oh, well, that's for her yeah. and her husband to figure out. Exactly. And, and why is this such, why are these other women on the show making it into this big deal and treating her like she's a fucking criminal? And, and, and so where it kind of spills over is to you look at the treatment of Kamala Harris and whether it's Hillary Clinton or, you know, this is in the political realm. But, mm-hmm. you know, you, there are so many women, whether it's in, you know, if they're high profile at any kind of, uh, you know, whether it's acting or business world or whatever, they have different standards. And mm-hmm. it just fucking pisses me off. And I just had to vent about it. <laughs> <laughs> It really pisses me off because it's like, I agree. God, why? You know, I mean, we hear about men cheating all the time. And of course, like with, you know, with the Jerry Falwell situation, 
you know, he was asked to step down from Liberty U, and he, he did just watch. But still... Um, I don't think he did just watch. No, I don't think he did just watch. <laughs> but, I mean, just the idea of he had he lost his position. Okay, so that is uh-huh, a pretty good. big deal, and, I, and I'm... And I'm and but I'm, ten and a half million dollar golden parachute, exactly. I think he's going to be fine. Yeah, I think he'll be fine. But it's just, there's still this different... There are just different standards for women. And I just... I mean, are we ever going to see a day... I don't know that it's going to be in my lifetime where we just ha- where it's not that way. Well, I mean, even with the Falwell thing, he threw his wife under the bus. Yes, he did. He did. Fucking it's dick. her fault. Yeah. It's not his. He had nothing to do with it. And then all of a sudden this stuff comes out, which may have been through somebody else. Right. Um, yeah. This stuff comes out. So so now he has to take responsibility for his part in this, which is good that he did. But he mm-hmm. he was trying to get away with it <laughs> and throwing her completely under the bus. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's like. I from from what I read, you know, she's the one who, uh, you know, went up to the no. So I think I heard an interview with the pool boy, and he was like, "Okay, he was this young guy, and she came up to him, yeah, and she was hitting on him." And so I that makes me wonder: Did Falwell tell her, "You go seek out someone you like"? You have, you know, I mean, I I don't know what their deal was. Like, it makes me wonder if she really liked doing it or if she just felt like she had to go along with it. I, I don't well, know. Didn't somebody that went to school with her, their kid, say some similar stuff? That I don't she know. She was hitting on him too. I mean, she. It sounds like she's got some issues. Yeah. But hey, it's her kink, so right. You know, as long as it's legal. Well, look, I, you know what? Whatever. If, if it's truly her kink, then I don't care. If it, yeah. if if it's his kink and he's kind of making, and she feels forced to mm-hmm. go along that's with different. it, that's what I. I don't know. I don't know if that's the deal. I mean, as long as as long as he's people that she's engaging sexually with are of age right that's fine they they can make their own decisions yeah. but uh, anybody that's uh, so far yeah. i think everybody's at least 18 or yeah. older so that's good yeah um uh otherwise then it's wrong um, right but no i Agreed. mean if if it's her kink have at it if that's their kink great but you were being so hypocritical yeah. running that university exactly talking granted this d- was happening inside their marriage mm-hmm Yes. So I guess they weren't that hypocritical, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think they are, especially when they are, you know, so public and pushing yeah. for Trump and, right. and and this whole morality bullshit. It's like, you know, it's one way for you, but it's it's a different way for everybody else. No, right. it doesn't work that way. And I think it, no. that's the bigger picture. And it's like nobody gives a shit if Lindsey Graham is gay. Yeah. It's just that he's being a hypocrite. And right. everybody believes Lindsey Graham is gay. And, you know, I mean, I guess some of his constituents would be pissed off at him for being gay and keeping it a secret. But I just think most people don't even care. And I think even the ones that would be pissed off that he was gay would still probably vote for him because they're, you know, they can't stand liberals. Right. You know, it's like they'll vote for a pussy grabbing, you know, rapist because yep. they can't stand liberals. You know, exactly. evangelica- evangelicals are... are you know, infamous for it doesn't matter what they do as long as the evangelicals get their you know breaks and and what they want and abortion laws or whatever they don't give a shit, and so yeah it's just but this I know it's like I w- I watch that show especially the Beverly Hills show and I'm always I'm always overwhelmed with the way they handle their privilege because there are wealthy people that have wonderful lives and can enjoy their lives and take nice vacations and stuff but they're you know they're good people and they care and they you know do 
the right thing with their wealth. Mm-hmm. And but even, you know, even some of these people and I think I, I mentioned this on the show before, but there was one episode where they went to a charity event. So it was great because whatever I, I think it was I think it was cancer. So whatever event they went to, obviously a lot of money was raised and that was wonderful. <coughs> but the thing right. that bothered me about it was they were all they were all wearing really expensive outfits to impress the other and it was all about look yeah. how much i'm donating and look how much money i have so for them it bec- for them it's about yes they're doing goodwill but it's also about look how much i've donated right you know and it's like it's so disgusting and i feel like if i had a billion dollars i would never be like those people uh, you know i mean i would i would figure out whatever dollar amount would make me feel comfortable so that I wouldn't have to worry for the rest of my life. And then I would just get rid of the rest. I would give the rest to a variety of different, you know, causes and charities. And I would, you know, because who the fuck needs a billion dollars? You know, I'll never go through a billion dollars. So it's whatever it would be that I felt like, all right, I have my house, I have my vehicle and you know, the furniture I like and money in the bank for my retirement Whatever I think is going to keep me going throughout my life, that's what I'm going to keep for myself. And then the rest mm-hmm. I'm giving away. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, it's like it's it's sickening to see. And I feel like the other thing I feel is people say it's money is the root to all evil. But it's like I don't think it is because there's wealthy people who aren't so evil. I think that it's it's the person, you know, and how they handle the money. I, yeah. get, I get that there <coughs> are temptations and, and all that. But still, it's like, you know, there there are people like. Jimmy Carter, not that they're mm-hmm. billionaires, but I mean, look what he does. If, if he were given a billion dollars, he wouldn't all of a sudden turn into a jerk. No, he wouldn't. So. And that's the thing. I mean, I, I, it's funny because, I mean, obviously I come from two people that came yes. from nothing and then and then earned a lot of money and yeah. worked their asses off to do it. Right. Um, and did get help. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you very much, uh, <laughs> President Roosevelt. Yes, um, yes, yes. And others. But... Um, when I went to college, because I went to a private college at the University of the Pacific, which is wealthy, it's mm-hmm. a it's an expensive school to go to. Mm-hmm. Nobody's heard of it, but it's really expensive, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, and it's not even anywhere near the Pacific. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it's way inland. I mean, the Delta does come in; it, the Pacific sort of comes in there, but yeah. still, um, <laughs> it moved from San Luis Obispo to Stockton in the twenties. Oh wow! Um, so, and it's very small student body. When I went there, it was maybe forty five hundred total students, yeah. undergrads, and graduates. So it's a small school. Mm-hmm. And there were people there that were on work study. Most of my friends were because, like I said, it's a tough school. It's, the tuition is very expensive. But I had friends that were not as well off as I was, but were brattier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you can be spoiled without having a lot of wealth. Uh-huh. Yes, as much can. as you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, and I think that's what you're kind of alluding yeah, it's just to. Assholes are assholes. Greedy people yeah. are greedy. And money exactly. money doesn't make you that way. Money, right. you know, I mean, granted, it, like if you're that way already, then money's just going to make it worse. Absolutely. But, but money isn't going to turn you into an evil person. No. So uh, it's funny, though, you say that because when I was, I think I was 11, my mom and I moved in with a friend who lived in Laurel Canyon. And then mm-hmm. her friend had two daughters. So it was it, we lived in a house. So there was it was my mom and her mom and then the three, I think it was three of us, yeah. So one of the girls that lived there, her name was Joy, and I think she was probably like, I don't know, 
Now she's married to somebody from the band Chicago because it's funny. I shared a bedroom wow. with her. But I mean, th- I'm, and I'm bragging and everything, but it's like at the time, my mom had no money and we had to move in with her friend. So mm-hmm. um, anyway, so her friend was friends with, um, oh, and of course, why, why can I never remember her name? Uh, the, the black woman from Star Trek. Oh, Nichelle Nichols. Nichelle Nichols, thank you. So she was good friends with Nichelle Nichols, and I guess there was, uh, Nichelle was, at the time, she was narrating a movie for the Smithsonian Institute, and I guess there were some kids that were going to sing the song for that, and a couple of them had to bow out. And so Joy and I went along. You know, we were asked, can, you know, they at the last minute, they needed kids to show up and sing. And I mean, I'm not a singer, but whatever. I was part of it. So I showed up and Joy showed up and there was a couple other kids there and two of the kids, it was, it was Nelson, you know, Ricky oh. Nelson's sons, but they weren't Nelson yet. They were just Ricky Nelson's right. sons, Gunner right. and Matthew. Gunner and Matthew, yeah. Yeah. And so it was so funny because th- that was one of the most cool fucking days ever. But part of what made it cool was that there was this fight that broke out between us and Joy was kind of, and you know, Joy's mother was not wealthy. Um, she had a, a decent house in Laurel Canyon, but she wasn't mm-hmm. wealthy. And mm-hmm. so Joy was a little, Joy wanted to be wealthy really badly. She really wanted to be wealthy, but she wasn't. And I think she kind of resented her mother for not being wealthy. And, you know, we were all there and it, somebody asked, you know, what school do you go to? Or I asked them, what school do you go to? So there, I think there was three of them. There was Matthew Gunner and a girl, and then mm-hmm. there was Joy and me and this guy, and this boy. I don't. He was a teenager boy, and he was on our side because eventually, wha- it, it came from. I asked them, "What school do you go to?" And the girl looked at me and she said the school's name, and she goes, "It's private." What school do you go to? And I and I went to Wonderland, which was in mm-hmm. Laurel Canyon, and I said, oh, yeah. "Wonderland, it's public." And then there, <laughs> <laughs> there, there began the fight. <laughs> and, and just all day, and like, Joy was calling Gunner Gunther on purpose, and it was pissing him. I was just kids, you know. We were right. at each other's throats all day, but it was kind of fun because we also, in the end, you know, came together to sing this song, and we, we got along mm-hmm. and all of that. But I just, I remember that. It was like these wealthy kids against, you know, it was like the wealthy kids against the not wealthy kids, and it was so stupid. Yeah. It was like, well, whoop. You know, I mean, it's thankfully funny. we got along, and it, and I wish that I, I I so wish that I could hear that song, you know, because oh, I don't yeah. even remember it. I have you know I have no recollection of what it was, but we had to learn it that day. But that was such a fun day, and it's like wow, that would be so cool to find out. I guess I might. I don't know. I think I've probably tried to Google like a, a movie narrated by Nichelle Nichols, but I've never found anything. But I I could sh- I could email Tracy, their sister, and see if she knows what it's called. That would be cool because I don't know. But I mean, it would. Oh, with Tracy Nelson. And you know what? Tracy yeah. Nelson used to go out. Do, okay, so we're gonna go back. But the last time you were on the show, we were talking about <laughs> uh, all the clubs we went to in Los Angeles. Uh-huh. So did I can't remember if I asked you this. Do you did you ever hear of James Intfeld? No. He's a he was a, he's a rocker. He's like a rockabilly. He went out with Tracy Nelson for a while. Oh, okay. And what's interesting? I always thought this was so interesting. So I was in love with him. Oh my God, was that he? He wanted nothing to do with me, <laughs> but I was in love with him. And so he. And the first time I ever saw him, I was working at a department store. It's so funny. And he was hired to play at. You know, it was it was the grand reopening of the department store. They had revamped it, so they had all these special events happening. And in one of the areas, they had. You know, they hired him to play music. And mm-hmm. so he walked by me, and I thought he was cute. And I, 
I looked at him and he went like, hey, or he made some kind of a thing. And I was like, so excited. I'm like, oh, my God, he's cute and he likes me. And so I kept going up and looking at him play. And then eventually when I had to go home and he was still there, I think I gave him I gave him my phone number or something. And of course, he never called me. So (laughs) but I would go watch him throughout you know what was weird about it was like I I didn't know who he was and so I told my girlfriend all about the situation and then I don't know several days later John Corbett you know Mm -hmm. who he is from Sex and the City and all that he was on like the Jay Leno show and so I watched it and James Enfeld was playing with him in the band and I called my girlfriend and I was like oh my god there's that guy I told you about (laughs) and she's like that's James Enfeld he plays around town all the time so he uh you know, he, I would go see him and all that stuff. But interestingly, his brother, James Infeld's brother, died in the plane crash with Ricky Nelson. <gasps> and so it's oh like, it's fascinating to me, like this little bubble because, uh, or like the six degrees of situation. So, you know, obviously James went out with Tracy Nelson. I did that, you know, uh, singing that song for the movie mm-hmm. for the Smithsonian with the Nelson brothers and then the other funny thing was john corbett used to live with jamie james which was someone i went out with and it's like it's like funny how it's like it's so tied in together and you know i mean i never met john corbett or anything i also had a crush on him but um (laughs) (laughs) although i saw him at the derby and i almost fucking shit my pants and but he was wearing oh my god he was wearing it was in the (laughs) 90s he was wearing this crushed purple velvet suit and like 5,000 necklaces. And this was during the oh time. God. Yeah, it was during the time of Northern Exposure. Right. And that's when I loved him. And it was like, you don't look like you look on Northern Exposure. But I still liked him. And what <laughs> was really, a- and I was going out with this guy who lived in another country at the time. But, and I was crazy for this guy. But I saw John Corbett and I like fucking die. And I'm like squeezing my girlfriend's heart, hands so hard. She's like, ow. And I'm like, it's John Corbett, it's John Corbett. And he looked at me. Like he, he had eye contact with me and I thought, oh my God, maybe it's on. And then he left. And then I was like, oh, well, I guess it is. And then I saw him again in Santa Monica and the same thing happened. He looked at me uh-huh. and then he left and then it was like over and he didn't give a shit. So I, I you know, oh, well, but it was, <laughs> oh, well. it was so funny how like everybody kind of was connected to the other. That and they, they played like Jamie and James played together. It was Jamie James and James Enfeld have played together. And it's like, how funny. It's such a small little world out there sometimes. It is. It's a very tiny. In fact, Lonnie and I traveled in a bunch of the same circles for years before we met. That's so funny. That's so funny. I mean, you know, in a way, Bob and I did that, but it was online, you know, yeah, because we were he was a writer. A yeah, Carrie's, Carrie's, my sister's old guitar player, Danny, was Lonnie's roommate in the early 90s. Huh. Wow, that's so cool. And I was at their house one time. Really? And so cool. but Lonnie wasn't there. He was out. He was on the strip or something. And so I was in his house, you know, and, and wow. a very good friend of Carrie's, he knew Judith at the same time I knew her and Carrie's other guitar player Lauren and it was just like traveling weirdly around each other yeah. for a long time and then um a guitar player that I knew that I, uh, who was in a band that I used to manage in the early 90s, joined Lonnie's band. And hmm. so Greg said, hey, you should come see my band play. And so I went and saw his band, and Lonnie was singing, and I didn't meet Lonnie then. And then wow, I, I was having a party, a pre-July 4th party in 2000. And um, it was like the weekend before July 4th, so I had a bunch of people over, and our f- mutual friend Matt, who's a police officer, Matt the Cop is what we call him, <laughs> um, <coughs> uh, he said, hey, my friend's having a party. You should come by. And so 
I'm walking out in my backyard, and Lonnie and his bass player at the time, and Rich was wearing this beautiful boa, because that's Rich. Mm-hmm. And um, I walk out of my house, and I said, hello. And they're like, hello. And I said, welcome to my house. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And they weren't here very long, because it was a daytime party, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, musicians. Yeah. And um, <laughs> the sun bright, ow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so it was like, it was a few weeks later, my sister and I were outside the gig on Melrose, because uh, her friends were playing. They were called the Gluey Brothers. And there's Lonnie and Rich outside flyering because mm. they're going to play, you know, the following week or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, <coughs> they flyer me. And I went, hey, you were the glamorous people that were at my house. <laughs> <laughs> and so the, he came in and bought we bought each other drinks. And then the rest of it's pretty much history. Wow, that's awesome. That's so you cool. Know? And then Greg's last show, I was like, oh, my God, Greg. I had, you know, it was yeah. just so intertwined and weird you know for yeah, years that, that <coughs> is, well yeah it is it, it's like a small town when you when you it's really a get super down small to town it. Yeah. and i you know i mean i of course i never really had famous friends i was always famous adjacent i was always like i almost knew them but i didn't really i was like i said on bob's show the other day i used to go to glenn larson was the producer for mm-hmm. um like night rider and stuff and so right. my friend knew him and right. so she would always invite me over because every thursday they had movie night and Fine. so we would go over there. But it was funny because he didn't like me. Glenn didn't like me. He would never acknowledge <laughs> me. And I mean, I, I got that a lot in Hollywood. We will get to politics in just a minute. I do promise <laughs> that. But when I lived in Hollywood, I f- when I was an actress and everything, it was weird how people just didn't want to either acknowledge me or I, I you know, when I, here's an example. I was, a f- I was friends with this girl who said to me, she's like, I'm a bulimorexic bulimic Uh and an anorexic and then Uh add to that alcoholic so Uh she had a lot of problems but anyway and she was very 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 vain the first time I met her though I said please don't take this the wrong please don't take this the wrong way but you totally look like somebody in a beauty pageant and she's like I am because she's from South Carolina and she was in Uh beauty pageants she's very pretty girl but um but she's so vain. And I met her when I was fragrance modeling, you know, walking around going, hi, would you like to try Jessica McClintock? Hi, would you like to try whatever I was talking? <laughs> I didn't work for the store. I worked for the perfume company. So right. anyway, we all did. And I would meet all these people. So she was doing a lot of actors did that. So I met her and pretty much no one liked her because she was so vain. And all she ever did was talk about herself. It was endless and it was constant. And it was like, oh, my God, shut up, shut up. I mean, we're all vain, but she took it way to the extreme. Right. So one day she asked me. She's like, hey, I just got invited to this party, and um, it was like a Hollywood party, and and I didn't want to go. And it was probably like on a Wednesday night, and I'm like, I don't know. And she just kept pushing and pushing until finally I caved, and I said yes. And it turns out that it was really fun. We, we went to this um, – it was like a it was like a B-movie type producer party. So it wasn't famous people per se, but it was, you know, mm-hmm. it was in these really nice homes. Eventually, we started going to many of them. But um, – we would go to these parties and everybody treated like everyone would fall all over themselves for her. And, you know, it's funny because they didn't do that with me. And I had a completely, by this time I had pretty much, I guess I had a slight part of a toe in it. You know I mean? I was uh-huh. like, maybe I had quit my acting studio and I pretty much figured I didn't want to do it anymore. And I would go to these parties with a jaded attitude like, fuck right. all you people. You people are so <laughs> ridiculous. And I didn't give a shit what they thought of me anymore. I just didn't care, which gave me all this freedom. And I think they didn't know what to make of me. And so they just, you know, they liked her. But I never saw 
anybody ever in my life get the kind of treatment that she got. They would fall all over themselves for her. And she was so vain. And it was just, it was just, it was weird how I kind of like, I did have fun going to these parties because these are kind of parties like they're in the Hollywood Hills and they have, um, uh, you know, people would park your car for you. And it it was like I'd never been to any kind of party before where they had valet parking at a home. And I was like, no fucking way. And we, we, we would go into these amazing homes and they'd have like these full, sp- it was a fucking, it was insane. And occasionally I went to some A-lister parties, but mostly it was these B-lister parties. And so it was funny because we went to another party where it was this totally different crowd. It was just people that I knew. No, it was nobody famous. It was just a normal, regular party. And no one liked her. So it's like in real life, no one could stand her. And she wasn't a bad person. It's just that she drove everybody fucking nuts with her vanity. Mm. And um, and eventually, (laughs) one of the last times we went out, we were at this bar, Red Rock. Do you know Red Rock? I know Red Rock, yeah. So we were at Red Rock, and I think that used to be Mirabelle. Didn't it used to be Mirabelle? It did. It's something else now. It's something completely different now. Fucking Mirabelle was the best restaurant. But anyway, so um, we were there, and... It was last call and I had, and she had just been, you know, drinking, drinking, drinking the whole night. And I mean, I was drinking too, but I could handle myself, but she was getting really drunk. And I, I was coming down, I had to go to the bathroom and I'm coming down the stairs and they, you know, at at this point they had turned the lights on. She's just, just laying in the middle of the floor. Oh, like she had fallen off her chair and she's just laying there. And so I had to pick her up and she was wobbly and I had to walk her up Sunset Boulevard as the bars are letting out and everyone's laughing right. at us and making jokes that she's going to fall. And I'm just terrified. You know, I'm wearing heels. I'm terrified that she's going to fall or the cops are going to come by and get right. us for drunk and disorderly and all this shit. And thankfully we made it into the car, but it was just, it was so awful. And, you know, and she passed out and I, you know, I finally, I got her home and I had to get, I had to get her neighbor to come get her out of the car and her neighbor's screaming at me. Like, she's like, I don't want to fucking help her. She's drunk all the time. She's telling me that this woman will get so drunk that she, like her, her roommate would come home, not neighbor, her roommate would come home and the door would be open. The front door would be open. She would be passed out on her couch and the dog would be drinking her alcoholic drink. (laughs) <laughs> it was like, oh, oh my no. God, it was so off. But the idea is that they, the, the, the LA people, the bullshit people liked her. They, they fawned all over her. They acted like she was all that in a bag of chips and they didn't want to have anything to do with me. And I just thought that was so interesting. Like the fake people, like the fake LA people liked her. And I mm-hmm. think what, I think what it was, was they picked up on her desperation and her insecurity. And that's what they were that's what they were kind of I don't want to say enamored of but I think that because they real like on some level whether they even knew it or not they knew that she was so insecure and that she could be more easily led or exploited exploited and like I was the jaded one who's right. six feet tall looking everybody like come on come on <laughs> you know and and they knew it and they didn't want to even talk to me yeah no I, I Carrie and I <laughs> this is so funny a friend of ours called my, I was at my sister's house with an old boyfriend of mine and I'm just wearing like sweatpants and a sweatshirt and Carrie gets a call from a mutual friend and he says, hey, there's this party up in the hills tonight. It's, you know, and it was about eight o'clock at night. She goes, is it going on now? And he goes, yeah. She goes, 
yeah, sure. So she turns to Tully and me. Now, he's also not dressed to go out, you know, mm-hmm. just kind of hanging out. She goes, okay, guys, let's go to this party. And I'm like, I'm not dressed. I have makeup on. You know, she goes, no, 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 let's put on a furry coat. So she gave me this big, giant, red furry coat that she had. And then she gave Tully this floor-length furry vest and a cowboy, a pink sequined cowboy hat. <laughs> and then she just put on some, she didn't get dressed up either. She just put on jeans or whatever. So we go to this house in the hills that had valet parking, overlooked the valley, really nice house. We walk in. We were the only people not wearing black. <laughs> of course. That's funny. <laughs> you know, and people are looking at us like, what is that? Yeah. You know, and we sit down and we start chatting with people because that's what Carrie and I used to yeah. do. We just introduce ourselves to people. And, um, you know, we're having a nice time. And I was still smoking at the time. And so I grabbed some wine and walked outside to go have a cigarette. And I'm just kind of standing, leaning up against a pole. And you could hear inside the house kind of this hush come over the house. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking around going, what happened? <laughs> and as I look up, out walks Jim Carrey. Oh, wow. In, into the uh, uh, patio. And I looked up at him, and he looks at me, and I said, pick a flaw. And he goes, no, I think you look fantastic. Aww. And and he was good friends with my sister, and I said, you know, Carrie's here. He goes, where is she? And, and I said, she's inside. And because it's Jim, and this is the height of Ace Ventura and all that shit, he had to go hide in a bedroom. Wow. And so I said, Carrie, Jim just went that way, and she goes, oh, my God, i got to go say hi, you know, because um, mm-hmm. they, were, they were buds. Yeah. But it was just the funniest thing. I look up, and there's Jim. That's and I'm so like, funny. Pick a flaw. Yeah. Wow, pick a you know, that's so crazy. But it was really funny. At one point, I f- didn't know where Tully or Carrie was, so I walked into the party. I said, do you know where the other colorful people are? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. So let me, before we get into the political stuff, what's it like there as far as fires? I don't. I know that there were in Northern California. There may way in Northern. I mean, there was okay. one down here, but that's been put. it was put out a while ago. That was the Azusa well, fire. that's that good. Was, okay. That was banged down got a week or so ago yeah, a friend of mine's son is a firefighter so he's all over the state right now and yeah. I'm, t- I'm always Jeez. terrified I bet. Uh, for him um but is it uh, hot there now it's cooled down it's so nice oh really cool. um <laughs> it's gonna get hot again by the end of the week but it's been in the 70s oh, the wow. past few days so we've been very lucky the past like three or four days and That's i think northern really? california is getting the nice cooler weather too so hopefully yeah. they'll be able to knock these poor f- it's just pretty sunsets, really ugly why, exactly. you know. Exactly, yeah. Um, I don't miss that. I mean, I know no. that uh, looking at the fire map last week, I, you know, I realized that if I had still lived there and my mother too, we would have all had to evacuate. And our friends had to evacuate last year. They had to evacuate this year. And it's not just having to evacuate. It's not knowing what you're, if you're going to have a home. You know, it's like mm-hmm. it's, it's bad enough that you have to be put out and you have to go stay somewhere, especially during fucking COVID. And mm-hmm. then, you know, and then you don't know if you're going to even have a home to, co- you know, it's like I, I'm just as much as I miss California. I, I do not miss that experience. No, yeah, not at all. It is not fun. But um, all right. So. I feel like in just moving on to politics now, I I feel I mean, everybody's on edge and it's, it's evident, right? You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think, I think (coughs) even in the little things, people are snapping at each other. And I, and I almost put up a post about that, but I thought, you know what, I'm not going to say anything in a, in a quasi scoldy way, because for all I know, I'm going to be in a shitty mood and occasionally I fall victim to that as well. And Mm -hmm. so I thought, you know what, we're all in this, this, you know, on edge 
we don't know what's going to happen. And I'm just wondering, like, how you're feeling and what do you think? Like, I know we're in for some really horrible shit. And, and coming off of last week, which was extremely difficult for me, mm-hmm. it was extremely emotionally devastating to I watched everything. I didn't <sighs> watch. I mean, I was I had the computer on my lap, so I was kind of like half tweeting and looking at like looking at houses <laughs> you know it's like right. when i couldn't take it anymore i'd go to redfin <laughs> it's like i'd kind of but it was all it was on and the and mm-hmm. the volume was on and you know i i feel like ha- i'm torn half of me and i want to know how you feel i feel like hopeful and mm-hmm. completely freaked out yes i am with you <laughs> i it's 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 it, it, the voices in my head you know yeah. um i didn't watch any of the rnc oh, because i lucky. didn't want to i was like i'm not going to give him the rating not that i'm yeah. a ratings household but i'm right. not gonna i will know aaron rupar will tell me what i need to know yes um, <laughs> true <laughs> you know he god bless him you yeah. know um so I didn't watch it but Kimberly Guilfoyle killed oh me. my god i know <laughs> that was fun that was just like, oh, and it was pre-taped, and it's like, I know, I know. did you, did, did nobody say tone it down? You're talking like the beauty of what the DNC did was they knew the audience. Yes, and they're like, we're not talking even with with Biden and Harris talking to an empty room that was relatively not huge, but mm-hmm. you know, big. And yeah, she's just she's there. The camera guys are in the room. That's yeah. it. Camera and sound guys are in the room. So that's who she's talking to in the room. But she knew she was talking to us. And so the applause lines were differently yes. written than they would be for for a big crowd mm-hmm. of people to get them all rallied up. It's a it's a different style of speech writing mm-hmm. which is why joe biden's was just out of the park yes. brilliant oh yes. um and and everybody it was just so much more intimate mm-hmm. um and well produced and if you could mm-hmm. if uh, submit for an emmy um yes i agree i mean it was and the guy that produced it apparently produced uh has produced uh super bowls and the tony awards mm. so he knows how to a put a clip yes. package together um <laughs> <laughs> He produced and directs those things, so he understands yeah. the intimacy. He understands a crowd, yeah. like for a Super Bowl, but he also knows that there's millions of people watching, and they need to be connected. And so that director-producer right. understood mm-hmm. the value of what they were doing, and they had months to do it, mm-hmm. versus the, tr- the, the RNC not knowing what they were doing. Yeah. And thinking, yes, big giant room, and I'm going to yell because <laughs> it was just like like it was when, when weird. It was weird, and like when Giuliani yelled "America," yeah. at least there was a crowd. Right. Yes. Well, and then Derp Junior comes on, and he just looks yeah. like coked so out, so fucking high. His yeah. eyes. Oh yeah. my god! And then he has the audacity to make fun of anyone ever. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, dude, look in the mirror. And I think I think though it really started wearing on me by night three, when Pence was talking. And first of all, in that scenario, they were outside. Okay, so they were outside, but no testing or very little testing, no social distancing, no masks. Mm -hmm. Lots of elderly veterans, and his Mm -hmm. eighty-seven-year-old mother was in the fucking audience. And then of course, when Trump comes out, it's that you know, I mean, it's that whole fucking lawn. 2,000 people, very little testing, no social distancing. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. I mean, I do understand. He, he, he cannot not have an audience. He needs to have an audience. But what I don't understand is people were standing up for him and applauding. And it's like, oh, my God, how can we be living in that? This is this is surreal. It's like surreal to see these people thinking that he's that there's anything OK with any of this. It's just disheartening. And it's like it's really 
I always go back to my mother calls me the crack of doom and she always called me the crack of doom. And I always felt, even as a little kid, I, I, I recognized the beauty in humanity and I still mm-hmm. do. I recognize it's there. And I do believe probably there are more good people, but there's so many other people who are just either not paying attention or, you know, for instance, there's this family member that I have and I don't see him often. Mm-hmm. He lives in Europe and he made a post today starting it off with this so-called pandemic. And I'm wow. like, what the fuck? And this guy, he's smart. Wow. He is a smart, you would call him an intellectual. But, you know, he basically, the, the gist of what he thinks is, comes from a book called The Great Reset. And I just found out about this book because of him. But I think what it is, is although they acknowledge that there is a virus and that it is killing people, they are saying that there is too much fear mongering when it comes to social distancing and masks, that the virus isn't as dangerous as people are making it out to be. And what's happening is that big business is utilizing this virus to automate everything and kick human beings out of the equation. So I I wouldn't, I would say, look, like we've already seen the automation in the grocery stores and things like that, where it's not automation. That was starting way before this. Yes. Way before this. Right. But, but I think the idea (laughs) is that it's, they're jumping on this and, and I'm not going to say that that's a complete crazy idea because yeah, I mean, if you're a big business and you're trying to figure out how Mm -hmm. you can not have to pay insurance and stuff like that, sure. That's a plausible scenario but not in the grand sense of this is what's happening in its totality and it's like and 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 assuming that you know watching people tell us that we need to wear masks is fear-mongering it's like I I I was so angry when I saw this post I was I, I mean it started my day so many times I start my day with something that like I see something that fucking pisses me off and and you know and I argued with him and I wasn't mean He's in my family, Mm -hmm. but I don't talk to his brother and I don't talk to his sister because it's such a long story and I won't get into it, but I can't deal with those people. And it has nothing to do with politics, but, um, he, you know, he, he, and he also made some kind of burn it down to the ground. And so I, you know, I, I said to him and then I said all over Facebook and Twitter, I'm like, when you burn it to the ground, what you have left is oligarchs, homeless people and ash, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and it's like, how can you think? How can you think any of this shit? It's, it's so disappointing. It's like my mom called me the crack of doom because I am the crack of doom. I don't really believe in humanity. <laughs> it's like every day human beings keep disappointing me. And yes, we do have great human beings, but look at what's happening with the climate. There are too many of us that are just ignoring it and not taking it seriously enough. And we're, you know, last fucking winter, we, it barely snowed. It barely snowed here. And it really upset me because I am so looking forward to the snow. And, you know, I mean, I would get pictures when I was living in California where, you know, they would be like the mailbox up to snow above your car and, and up to the mailbox. And, and I'd think, whoa. And I didn't necessarily want to live in it and have to drive in it. But now that I work from home, I would love a good snowstorm. I think it mm-hmm. would be fun. And I know that it's a pain in the ass for the people who have to deal with it. But I don't have to. So I think it would be fun. But it's, it's happening. Climate change mm-hmm. is happening and yeah. it's because human beings are fucking up. And yeah. I just, I just feel like this, I, I don't know. I mean, do you, okay. So do you feel like in your gut, do you feel like Trump is going to lose? If uh, people vote? Yes. Mm-hmm. 
And we need to get, I just read something promising this morning that the third party voters mm -hmm. that oh, right. voted third party last time, two out of three of them are going to vote for Joe Biden. So that's good. Yes. Um, that, that is very hopeful mm -hmm. because that's what turned it last time. Yeah. And secondly, we need to get at least 10% of the people that didn't vote yes. last time to vote. Yes. If we get them to vote yeah. and those third party voters to, to realize that burning it to the ground is a bad idea. Yeah. Um, if we can get them all to vote and uh, vote early <laughs> so that we know on election night. Um, yeah. And in person, if you can. And in person, if you can, um, uh, I mean, there are states that you can't do that. Right. Uh, but the states where you can, mm -hmm. like in California, since we're all being sent an absentee ballot this time. Yeah. Um, and I am an absentee voter anyway. Yeah. But um, I've made the plan that if I don't have my ballot by October 15th, mm -hmm. I am driving down to Norwalk because <laughs> it's fun. And... Um, <laughs> Norwalk. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to say I've not received my ballot. I would like to vote here and in person. Please check me off the list and, and I will turn in my absentee ballot to you if you need me to. Yeah. Um, because I want to make sure that my vote gets counted. Yes. Well, um, I ordered, so. I, you know, I thought I was, I thought ordered, I, I went online and I requested a online ballot and actually what I was doing and I didn't realize that I, I, requested the paperwork to fill out at home for an online ballot fine so right. bob and i right. both got it and on saturday so we we did it and i put it in the mailbox i wanted to do it online but bob was like i don't trust online so it's like fine so i'll put it in the mailbox but yeah our early voting starts on october 26th and i know that you can download your ballot so at least if oh, there's wow. I, and maybe you might be able to do that. You should check into no, that. No, oh, no, 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 we can't. They mail them to us. It's, okay. a, it's a whole thing. Okay. Yeah, well, I know that mailing. here you can, um, you can, you can print it out. So that would be cool. We can, we can download a sample, like the sample ballot. Right. But our ballots have barcodes. Yes. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, and I wonder so if ours has, I don't know. I mean, I, maybe they're just assigned numbers. I don't know how it works, but I do know you can print it out. So That's I know cool. that on, in Maryland, what here's what I'm going to do. Like I always tell everybody to have a plan. Here's my plan. I am going to look up where we have drop boxes because we do have them and they're quite a few and they are very safe. Mm -hmm. But I, and, and obviously there's po early polling starts on October 26th. So I'm going to find out where the drop box is, but I'm also going to find, I'm going to go to the polling place first and it's obviously yeah. it's going to be early. So I'm mm -hmm. hopeful that there really won't be anybody there. And if there's nobody there or at least just very few, you know, I'll ha I, I bought a face shield and I have a mask and I have glasses. I have like those construction yeah. glasses. So mm -hmm. I will wear that. If it's crowded, I'll go to a Dropbox. So right. I figure, you know, I don't want to I don't want to risk being around too many people. But, you know, I mean, if, if I feel safe and I'm somebody who is so careful. So if I feel safe, I'll stay. But right. if I don't, you know, I mean, I'm not going to stand there for five hours, but I have a feeling in, in early voting, it's not going to be like that. So um, that's my plan. It's like I have it all planned out exactly what I'm going to do. And I, I oh, yeah. really hope everybody else has that. And it's I'm going to get it out of the fucking way, like you said, so that they can be counted on voting on the night of uh, or earlier the than yes. they can be counted already by the time the polls open on yes, November 3rd. Awesome. You know, and we can that's the thing. Steve it's Kornacki. like, <laughs> oh, poor Steve Kornacki. Um, basically, November 3rd is our last day to vote. Yes. There you in go. most states, there you go. it's not your only day. In some states, unfortunately, is is their only day to vote. But in, in a good half the states or more, yeah. it's your last day to vote. Yeah. So since people are out of work, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. um, 
you kind of have the time now to vote um, early. Please do. And and like for me, because. California changed how polling places, or at least LA County, I'm not sure about any other county, last during the primaries, and it got very confusing for people. Mm. Basically, if you lived in the county, you could vote anywhere instead of just in your neighborhood, Mm -hmm. which I think is a great idea so that you can vote near your work. Work, If you don't, you know, you don't have to come home after work and then wait in line at seven o'clock. You can vote during your lunch hour Mm -hmm. because you can vote anywhere, which does make it easier. But people were like Dodger Stadium was a huge polling place and nobody realized that they could vote in like two minutes, you know? So, I mean, they're hopefully people realize that, and this is what's going to happen. Like for us, we're like three places right in my neighborhood Hmm. where I can now drop off my ballot. Mm -hmm. And that's what my plan is, is to, is because early voting, they're starting to mail, I believe our ballots on October 5th. Okay. And that's when either we're getting them then or they're mailing them then because early voting for us starts October 5th. Wow. Um, well, I heard the NBA so is opening up their arenas. They are. So that's good, too. And people should that's know excellent. about that. Yeah. That's excellent. Thank you, LeBron James, for exactly. starting that. Um, and, and the team owners for going, yeah, this is a good yeah. idea. Um, and, and Staples Center and every other place. You mm-hmm. know, just let's do this. Let's make it as easy as, as possible easy. for and it people should be. to vote. I mean, I, I should. It was it, I don't know if it's Chris Hayes or maybe it was um, the guy sitting, Ellie Velshi. It could have been Ellie Velshi. I think it was Ellie Velshi. And he was talking about, okay, once we get this out of the way and Joe Biden's running, can we please make Election Day a holiday? Mm-hmm. And, you know, so that everybody can vote. And uh, of course, there's going to, you know, I mean, the thing is, is with early voting, there's, we don't have to wait until that last minute. Obviously, like you said, not every state has it. Right. But if we do, if you know, every state, it should be at least a month in advance yeah. so that we have enough time. I mean, again, here it's October 26th. It's only about a week. But still, I'll take That's it because time. It, it gives you a time to say, OK, I need to take a day off of work or when I'm off work, I can do it. You know, because right. there are people who live in rural rural places mm-hmm. that they can't necessarily on voting day, um, you know, they don't have as much time. So it's like, right. this. OK, so it might be far away for you and you might have a bit of a trek, but plan ahead. You know, especially in this election, because it's like yes. you can't you can't fuck around with this one. This one's this one's a big fucking deal. <laughs> yeah. And 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 that's the like, I believe Minnesota starts in like two weeks. Really? They're voting wow. two or three weeks. And uh, so they start. I think they're the earliest in the country. And then it goes from there. Um and that's the and the, I, California. I don't know about Maryland or other states, but I know in California you can actually track whether your vote has been. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think you might be able to do that here, but I don't know. I have to look into that. You can vote.org will give you your state and just download, you go to that and they'll tell you what's, what the rules are. And if you can, because it's ballot tracks is what California uses. Mm -hmm. And I have checked before, you know, was my ballot counted? Why? Yes, it was Mm -hmm. accepted. So it was, I mean, Mm -hmm. years ago during a mayoral election here, um, I forgot to sign the envelope Mm -hmm. and it came back to me. Wow. saying you need to sign this yeah. or we're not counting your ballot. That's Unopened, yeah. just yeah, the envelope yeah. came back and they went, you need, and I was like, oh my God. So California lets you know if you've done something wrong yeah. on your absentee ballot, but not all states do. So mm-hmm. everybody that's planning on voting absentee for the first time, mm-hmm. read the rules. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you read know, them Cross all. your T's, <laughs> dot your I's. If yeah, you need a witness, right. yeah, get a, if you need a witness, get a witness. If it needs to be notarized, get it notarized. Whatever the rules are, whatever yeah. hoops you have to go through, make sure you do it. Make sure the person, somebody else looks at it and goes, yes, you did that right. You know, yeah. just because your brain might not be thinking properly. Greg Pallast 
as it, go to his website. He yeah. will help you with stuff because um, wow. he knows what he's doing. Um, it's just a half a million absentee ballots were not counted during the primaries. That's a lot. That is a lot. That's a lot. Um, and that's kind of scary. So and we that's have because of voter error. Most right. of it was voter error. Well, and there's you know, going to be a lot of that. So, yeah, as yeah. much as we can. I mean, I, you know, I know that there was I, – I have two signatures, and one time I used the wrong signature, and they didn't accept it. So I mm-hmm. always use – I know for voting, I, lose, I use my long signature. Most mm-hmm. of the time, it's just a scribble. It's like mm-hmm. a K and a bunch of scribbles. Right. <laughs> so, I, you know, I, I always know now. Anything with voting is my – I sign my long name and spell it mm-hmm. out. Um, okay, so here, here's another thing I want to ask you about, and this is two things. And it's basically the idea of there's the to protest or not to protest, or and then there's also, because I don't like Bill, Ma- Bill Maher, but Bill Maher mm. said the other night, you know, maybe what we need to do is hold back on the useless non-essential mail. You know, like we, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> we don't need to send that birthday card. Um, obviously, there's essential stuff. So mm-hmm. you have to, if it's medicine, if it's a paycheck, obviously you're not going to hold back on that. But if it's something that you don't need to send, that you should hold back and basically fight Trump as his own game. And there's two, there's, you know, people, I posted that and this guy from 538, he he meant to go after Bill Maher, but he went after me because I guess he had Bill Maher blocked and he just saw my... Mm-hmm. tweet which was kind of agreeing and i said yeah this sounds like a good idea we should we should keep the mail open but then he said this is a terrible idea because it's hurting the usps and i thought oh well that makes sense too but i'm and i'm torn now i'm not even sure what the best is so how where do you fall on that well i mean i <laughs> i'm a, i still use the post office to mail bills see um, i don't i don't uh and when when all hell started to break loose uh earlier this year I bought stamps that I won't yes. need until the end of the year. Yeah. Um, I bought. I bought stamps too. Supplies that I actually did use a box, but I bought tons of boxes yeah. and packing supplies that I probably will never need. Yeah. Uh, um. So that's one thing I do. Right. Um. That's one thing anybody, even if you don't use the mail, buy stamps. Yeah. Hold on to them. Don't use them. Give them to somebody else yeah, because or, if you yeah. don't use them, that's money in their pocket. Yes. That's money made Mm -hmm. and not being utilized out into the world Mm -hmm. um, because there is not a piece of mail attached to that Mm -hmm. stamp that they have to take care of. The the post office can handle this. Mm -hmm. It's the sorting machines that it's not saving. First off, not funded by taxpayers. Mm -hmm. It's funded by selling things. Yeah. And they used to have people used to be able to cash checks at post offices. Yeah. And the post office benefited from that, not a bank. Mm-hmm. So that should come back, I think. And mm-hmm. but the, apparently, what's his face, um, DeJoy. DeJoy is trying to work out a thing with Citibank to have ATMs and stuff there for Citibank. And it's like, no, 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 no. This is not good because not everybody has a, an account at that right. bank. Yeah. Allow the post office to do its own banking for people yes. that don't have banks. Like a, a friend of mine, he doesn't have a bank account. You know, so if he gets a check, he has to go to a cap check yeah. cashing place and then they take allow like people like yeah. yeah they take a ton of it so yeah. why not go to the post office where there either is no fee or the fee is 10 cents on the check yes. or whatever it yes. is you know so that these people that don't have bank they don't have enough money to put in the bank don't you know what i mean right. yes. <laughs> it's like that kind of stuff and not needing cash cash that check cashing places yeah. um 
that's another form of, of income that the post office hopefully in the future will be able to do. Yeah. And we get those sorting machines back because those sorting machines did take jobs from people. Mm-hmm. They did. But they're not being replaced by jobs for people. Right. Like if we were taking out the sorting machines to give people work, mm-hmm. which would be awesome right mm-hmm. now since mm-hmm. so many people are out of work. Mm-hmm. That's like it's what is it? 30 people per machine or something is yeah. what the jobs were. If we could if we were hiring 30 people yes. to replace said machine, I'd be fine with that. Yeah. But we're not doing that. They're just dismantling them because they want to. I mean, so yeah, some of the stuff was in the works, but they were not tearing them down to this. It's like 13% have been torn down this year. Normally it goes down 2% a year. So, I mean, yeah, it's it's a lot it's, it's a lot more in a very short period of time and it's yeah. specific for this. Yes, it's it is. and and it can handle 3 billion pieces of mail for Christmas. Mm-hmm. It can handle 100 million people voting. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. That's a good point. And then okay, so what about the two pro because people say if you protest, you are you are giving Trump what he wants because then he can, you know, do the violent, you know, say that anti. I guess one guy was killed who called him. One mega guy was killed by somebody who identified as one hundred percent antifa. That is that's that was reporting from this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy apparently has had brushes with the law and is not well. Okay. Who th- who surprising. they haven't arrested him yet? He's apparently that was what Tom Hartman said an hour and a half ago. Okay. Or whenever I was listening. Interesting. Um. Um. Apparently, he's a suspect. The the Oregonian, which is where I'm going. I'm going to yeah. the local news. I'm not going anywhere until local news has confirmed things. Yes. Um, apparently, this guy's had issues. He may or may not have an ideology. Um, mm-hmm. And regardless, there is no such thing as Antifa. But, exactly. Um, I know. And the thing with protesting... Okay. Well, aren't we all Antifa? I mean, if you're yeah. in town... Yeah, hello. <laughs> Even Clive and Bundy is pro-BLM, so who knew I'd agree with that guy? <laughs> wow. Um, well, he's anti-government, so it makes yes. sense that he'd be, you know, ma- <laughs> totally yes. makes, he's not hypocritical. God right. bless him. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, violence is not the, I understand the rage Yeah. for the people that are being, see, what's happening in Portland and other places is not the demonstrators. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. peaceful. It's it's people coming in to agitate. Well, that's the, the whole thing. It's like, if okay, so if people, I think the idea is if you choose not to protest, even if you're peaceful then it's not giving Trump necessarily uh, the ability to send in the... I mean, he's not necessarily sending in the white supremacists that are causing the violence. But because there are protesters there, w- you know, whether it's in, whether it's uh, white supremacists or whoever, MAGA, mm-hmm. they come in and then they start... They, they do something that's violent and then Trump can point to us the protesters or to BLM or something and say that's you guys and that we're seeing that a lot where it's just you know I know I could say this better but you know what I'm trying to say it's like it's not really it's not really the protesters that are being violent but if we show up to protest it gives him an opportunity to create this fake narrative like the protesters are being so violent and so I like I'm kind of and I've heard arguments from the 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 crowd that says don't do that we don't want to mm-hmm. we don't want to um give him that power but i feel like okay so if we don't protest then then what like he can still fake shit he can st- he's i mean he's blaming this violence on joe biden right it's and then uh, idiots shocking. are picking it up yeah it, it's that's that's the most insane thing. I, I apparently Joe Biden just finished a, a barn burner of a speech. So oh good, that'll 
be starting to get everywhere. And apparently, Kaylee McEnany. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, I loathe her. Um, <laughs> yeah. Was asked if the president condone, condemns the actions of Kyle Rittenhouse. And she literally said he is not going to weigh in on that. Wow. Okay. So then. It, how law and order is he? Yeah. Not. not. And, and the thing is, is, is this tactic worked with uh, Nixon against Johnson mm-hmm. or against the Democrats because he wasn't running in 68. Mm-hmm. Um, because there was the civil unrest, mm-hmm. the Vietnam War, all of that. And Nixon could point to the Johnson administration and go, see what he's done? Yes. And and then voters overwhelmingly went, yeah, yes. we don't want that. Right, yeah, yeah. Right? And so that that's the tactic that Trump is trying to use. Except and he's apparently, the <laughs> except he's the president. So Joe Biden just went hard on him on that. Good. And so at least, and the press is starting to pick up on it. It's Finally. Like, dude, this is your America. I mean, somebody tweeted it yesterday and he goes, it's Joe Biden's. I'm like, dude, I don't know what America you're living in. I know. <laughs> because the one I'm living in, the other guy is president right now. Yeah. And don't blame the Democrat. You know, hi, when his pe- right. when he brought in the federal mercenaries, it got worse in Portland. Yes. When his people decided to, when a 600-car caravan show up on Saturday night, it got worse. Because mm-hmm. between then, between Saturday and when the feds left, it was pretty peaceful in Portland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and the Portland mayor went off on him in a letter. Yeah. Too, and that I think the pushback is starting to get the press that it needs. Good. And so it needs the people. To. Joy Reid so saying it. Yeah, you know, everybody, it's not just, thank God it's not just Joy Reid right. you know, our little bubble. Right. It's starting to get into the mainstream mm-hmm. non-cable mm-hmm. news so that the people that are more likely to believe Trump, which mm-hmm. is shocking, um, <laughs> or at least kind of hearing the counter that this is not, in fact, it, dude, you do, they don't want him in Kenosha. Yeah. And no, he's going I know. there anyway. No, of course he is. He's going there to provoke shit. Yes, of and, course he and is. And it's like, jerk. it's like, dude. I remember, was it a hurricane or something? I forget. With Obama, and some city said, "Please don't come," and he didn't go. Wow. Because it's like, okay, if you don't want me there, right? As a city, because it's a pain in the ass for a president to go to a yes. city. The city has to put up so many things. Yeah. I mean, when when Obama came here and he went to, I want to say he was going to the Tonight Show or something. They took they took mailboxes out in on Laurel Canyon because I guess he was gonna. They thought he might drive down Laurel Canyon right. in case there was traffic issues. So they wanted to make sure any possible route to and from where he was going would be safe. So mailboxes were gone for yeah. that day. You know. Wow. Like right on my corner, you know. I'm like, is the president going to come by? That would be cool. <laughs> um, uh, wow, I didn't even yeah. realize they did that. But that makes sense. Oh, yeah, sense. they do that. Yeah. They do that. Um, they do that for the Oscars, too. They take uh, oh, mailboxes out of Hollywood Boulevard. That's um, fascinating. For, like, the week beforehand yeah. so that people don't, you know, put, put a bomb bombs, in there. Yeah. Um, and they close the subways off and everything. You can't, yeah. you can't get to that part of Hollywood when there's any huge event going on. Uh, but, no, I think that, that because of... Biden's new speech, so mm-hmm. Trump's going to freak out. Um, <laughs> yes, he will. He's going to freak out, and apparently, I mean, the Twitter is going crazy over it. Like, wow. oh my God, Joe, he just went there. He's going for it, wow. um, and he should. And this is the time when you do, because the primaries are over, the nominees are official, yeah. the debates start this month. Yes. Um, so, now, okay, I have a question for you. Okay. The whole Nancy Pelosi saying there shouldn't be a debate, I think she's trolling Trump. Uh, wait, there shouldn't. Wait, what are you talking about? She said about a week ago that she didn't think Biden should debate oh. 
Trump. And I don't think she would have said that without Biden's camp going, that's fine yeah. to say. Yeah. And I think she was trolling Trump to maybe psych him out. Yeah. Like, oh, Sleepy Joe's not going to do it, so he's not going to prepare. Not right. that he really does yeah. anyway, but that makes sense. I think she's trolling him because she's not stupid. No, she's not stupid. Um, <laughs> and no. I think she's honestly like they put that little bug in his head going, yeah, Biden's going to pull out, right. you know, and and if he doesn't and and Trump doesn't show up because I I honestly don't think Trump will show up. I'm not, that's that one I'm not sure about because I do know he loves a good fight. I mean, rem- I mean, yes. granted, and and I hate to say this because I don't like to to give him a compliment of any kind. But although you know Hillary won every debate, she did. I mean, in a ridiculous way, but he still held his own. It's like, for instance, I thought when Sarah Palin debated Mike Pence. I don't think Sarah Palin is smart, but what she had was confidence and she was able to push out her bullshit narrative with confidence and she was articulate and she You mean Biden when she debated Biden. Biden. Sorry. What did I say? Who did I say? (laughs) You said Pence. (laughs) I would love to see Sarah Palin do it. That'd be fun. Oh my God. I can't believe my fucking mind. Anyway. So yeah, I mean, when she was debating him, I mean, I, uh, of course I thought Biden won the debate, but she held her own and I feel like Trump did that with Hillary Clinton and you know I mean obviously you would think she would just smear him because she's so much more intelligent than he is and she did when when it comes down to facts and the way that she presented her case but he had what he had was that bravado and mm-hmm. that confidence of his base backing him no matter what he says and so I'm curious I mean it's a different situation because it's, it's Joe Biden yep and and Joe Biden is clearly because he's a man not uh-huh. as scrutinized as Hillary Clinton yes. was. And so he definitely gets a pass there where she did not. But does, you know, and so I'm not exactly sure. And I'm not, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just not sure um, how Trump, I mean, I would be happy if he were to chicken out. But I don't know that he will. I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't I don't be know. surprised. I mean, he, he might do the first one and then not show up for the other. Yeah, that's, well, yeah, especially if the first one doesn't go well for him. Right. If the first one, but you know, I mean, I think, I think that he's able, like, for instance, watching that stupid fucking shit show. I won't call it a convention because it wasn't a convention. It wasn't. The convention was over on Monday. Yes. Uh, it was good enough. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it was good enough. They they did a good enough job. It, mm-hmm. it was all lies, and it was God. No, I mean, it just like it zapped me of my energy, and I just I felt like shit all week. It was awful. But they did a good enough job, and so I think I think that he's capable of pulling it off. Uh, so I'm well, not sure. Remember, remember the the debate between Biden and uh, Ryan, Paul Ryan. Oh yeah, when he wiped the floor with Paul Ryan. Yeah, he did. Paul Ryan's a good. smart. Yeah, that's true. He's not dumb, right? Um, that's and he's right. a lot. He's more charming than Donald Trump. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's better looking. You know, all of those things combined, younger, yeah. spry, all yeah. of those things, and not a dumb man. I mean, his policies are god awful, but he's not dumb. Um. Trump refuses to learn. Yeah. And Joe Biden basically will just, he's going to be in training all month Mm -hmm. for every possible Trump thing. Even, I mean, they're not going to allow them to get close to each other, like, so he won't be able to stalk Joe Mm -hmm. Biden on stage. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, That's true. (laughs) uh, So there will be that. But I think that that Joe Biden's a very good debater. Yeah. Um, and, and the only reason that, that Trump ever got into office was because there were so many people running against each other. Yeah. And had That's it just true. been him and maybe if it had been him, 
Cruz, Bush, and Rubio, mm-hmm. he would have been out right early on. But because there were so many people, mm-hmm. there were th- two different s- debate stages, kind of like how we did. But we had at least smart people, not you, Tulsi, um, <laughs> uh, on stage that had you know that were viable candidates. Um, yeah. And so the the whole seventeen or eighteen people in the the GOP, that's how he was able to get those votes. Yeah. Had it been four or five people, right? He it would have been a it probably would have been Bush. Yeah. Um, yeah. It probably because I thought it was going to be him. I thought it would be between yeah. Bush and fucking Clinton. I thought, oh my yeah. god, we're going to have a Bush Clinton election. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and at least as much as I don't like the Bushes, we wouldn't be in this shithole right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, exactly. we would the the most likely the virus would have been contained in China. Um, uh, I doubt that it would have gotten away from Wuhan, yeah. even if it were a Bush in office, because even his brother had the yes. pandemic plan book right. too. You know, it's like they knew what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did. <laughs> I mean, I got shit for saying that George W. would have handled the pandemic better from a bunch of, a, from the fringers because they were pointing out um, the uh, hurricane. That he, what, what was That's the name of that one? Uh, Katrina. Katrina, thank you. And but it was like okay, yeah, he totally fucked up Katrina, but he had a fucking plan for a pandemic. Yeah, so, he did. So I mean that y- I'm not rewriting history. I'm not right. saying George Bush was a good president. No, he it's wasn't. Just, I get accused for. But speaking of the fringers, mm. I watched the People's Party. Oh God. Thing. Most of it. I didn't watch all of it. And you know, I will say that. You know, initially I did like Bernie. I don't anymore. Uh, and and the reason is just like I mean, you take this post office situation where he had uh, not voted or or what did he 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 blocked the vote for um, was it the governors? Is that what they're called? Is that the, in the post so, office? Yeah. And there's supposed to be nine of them. And because right. Bernie was blocking everything, there was only one, and Trump could appoint the rest. So right, you know, and 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 Bernie had good intention, but that's the right. whole point of him. He's got the good intention, but his execution wound up fucking us up. And so, you know, I liked his ideas. But I, you know, when Hillary Clinton said in that Hulu documentary, she's like, nobody mm-hmm. likes him. Well, that she was talking about everybody in Congress because mm-hmm. he doesn't work well with others. And so do I like Bernie's ideas? Fucking A, I like Bernie's ideas. I still do. I just don't necessarily think that he's the best one to execute all of them. And clearly I'm a Warren supporter. So I feel that I'm very, 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 very progressive. Obviously, the things that they want in at this People's Party, they had the People's Party convention yesterday where they had, I think, Nina Turner. There was Nina mm-hmm. Turner, Marianne Williamson, Danny Glover, of course, Ryan Knight, and a number of other people who spoke at that convention. Actually, there was this one guy. I think his name is Chris Hedges. He's a Pulitzer Prize winner. Oh, I know who Chris Hedges is, yeah. So I was really surprised with him because, man, he fucking ripped Bernie a new one. And he was like, he said, you know, Bernie... He he I don't remember the word he used to describe, but he basically said Bernie folded in 2016 when he backed Hillary, but he was doing what he thought he needed to do so that he could run in 2020. He goes, but then he ran in 2020 and then he's folded again because he's backing Biden. And basically, Bernie is terrible now and he's not who we thought he was and he's weak. And I'm like, oh, my fucking God, these people. And it's like, you know, I mean, obviously, all of these people are purists and Mm -hmm. they want the things you and I want. Right. They want the same. We all want the same. We all want equality. We all want to be able to get healthcare, whether it's Medicare for all or whatever it would be where we can all get it. And it's not 
terrible if somebody gets sick and you don't get a hospital bill for $150,000 because you got an Advil in a hospital. And I mean, we, all of us want that. <laughs> it's like we all do. And, you know, but the thing is, is that when you listen to some of these speakers, even though they were heartfelt, and I do believe that their hearts were in the right place, mm -hmm. it's that they don't understand. It doesn't work that way. And, and like burning it all down. And, you know, I mean, I know that th this is what I hope for as far as they're concerned, because I don't wish them ill. I don't want them to. I want them to vote for Biden. I, I, and I know some of them are not going to. Right. But um, it's like, OK, go run for office. And mm -hmm. if you lose, examine why you lost and run again. Mm -hmm. And just keep running. And then eventually, you know, you're not going to change it from screaming on Twitter. You're not going to change it from haranguing, you know, Joe Biden on Twitter because we're not going to vote for you unless you give us Medicare for all. He's not going to do it. It's not going to fucking happen. So right. it, and, and you know what? I guarantee you if he's like, OK, I'm going to go for it. We're going to have Medicare for all. I know they would go, OK, what about climate or the Green New Deal? What about uh, minimum wage? Whatever it would be. If he mm -hmm. conceded to them, they'd say, then what about this? Okay, you're not getting my vote. Mm -hmm. and, and so I feel like, well, that's, that's a ridiculous way to behave because how are you, you – know, and the other thing that I what, – what I noticed in this convention that they had was everybody seemed to be the, under the impression that if Donald Trump wins again, we'll be able to just have free and fair elections moving forward. Mm -hmm. And it's like, why do you th why do you believe that? In this case, this is our last shot at uh -huh. it's not a free and fair election per se. It's not fair already. It's not fair. It's we're up against a lot, but it still can be overcome. The cheating can be overcome. The Jeremy take it to Trump winning again. It, it won't be overcome. It won't. Right. It's over. It's fucking Russia yeah. land. It's it's Putin land. And it's like Putin always wins with 90 percent of a vote. <laughs> right. right. And then everybody run, you know, gets pushed out of a window or dies from poisoning who mm -hmm. dares to contest him in any way. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're going to have. The, the, the progressives aren't going to be able to run in 2022. They're just not going to be able to anymore or they'll run and they won't win. So right. it, it's like I wish they would see this because I feel like we're so much closer than we really realize we are. But then what winds up happening is there's so much hatred and anger coming from them. And they feel like they want to punish us. You know, they call their, I'm sure they would call me a neo neoliberal or a, or a centrist or whatever. Which they don't even know what a neoliberal <laughs> is, <laughs> by the way. Yeah. Well, I, I know there was this one woman who always used to say neocon and she didn't really even fully understand what neocon meant. But yeah, right. I mean, it's like, I know they, they, I think, I mean, from my understanding, they think of it in terms of like a, a, a kind of a Clinton Democrat, like a Bill Clinton Democrat. Yeah. You know um, who was neoliberal? Reagan was neoliberal because hmm. of the policies. That's a neoliberal, everybody. Let's <laughs> learn what the word means and move on. Trickle-down economics yes. is neoliberal policy. Let's just yeah. go with that. Learn, yes. learn your terms, kids. But liberal it, is nothing to do with neoliberal. Exactly. Oh. And so it's just, it's, and they, you, they throw it around and they keep, you know, I mean, I see this whole, you know, centrist used as a, a derogatory term. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. you know, and it's like, oh, my God, it's it was frustrating. But I wanted to watch it because, you know, I, I always try to and I wind up, also, you know, oftentimes seeing both sides of an argument. You know, right. I can say, oh, well, I, I totally understand the need and mm -hmm. the want for a, a better country. I get it. Flint still doesn't have clean water exactly. there. You know, there are 
all kinds of fucking problems that we have. And yeah, a lot of it has to do with most of it has to do with Republicans. And mm-hmm. of course, you know, the Democrats, I, I wish the Democrats would behave differently. Sometimes I wish the Democrats would, would stand up for themselves more. And I wish that they, you know, I mean, in this particular case, they have a certain bit of power mm-hmm. and they only have so much and they have to figure out how they're going to use it because they're really not going to get anywhere with it. It's be, Trump isn't going to give a shit. DOJ isn't right. going to give a shit. So that, you know, I mean, and in some, like, I do believe we should have had the impeachment hearings. I absolutely do. I don't necessarily think, you know, during, you know, I'm, I've heard people call for impeachment again on, a, you know, a number of other things. I think every day he could be impeached. Exactly. (laughs) But I think we made the point. Mm -hmm. And and it wouldn't work. It just wouldn't work. So it's like, why waste our time during the middle of a pandemic? We did it once. We did what we needed to do so that it goes down in history books. But now we have to just deal with this monster. And yeah, Democrats have failed in some cases because they're humans, they're government, it's government isn't perfect. But it's like, I always go back to that. I always go back to Elizabeth Warren and how she handles it. She just Mm -hmm. says, here's a problem, here's a solution. Here's a problem, here's a solution. She doesn't point the finger. She doesn't assign blame. She just acknowledges that a problem exists and here's the best way we can fix it. And usually it's not not even a government problem per se. It's like, okay, well, we've got all these women who need childcare and healthcare and all this. So here's how we're going to fix that. And it's not a uh, Democrats fucked up and they're all corporatists and they're all right. touch. She doesn't do that because there's no fucking point in doing it. You don't win anything by doing that. And I just feel like I'm looking at them now and, you know, I, you know, t- who are they really going to have a strong enough party to no. to put? I mean, it's it's really not even g- it's not going to be a third party. They'd have no. to replace one of them and they're not going right. to replace the Democrats. And for sure, they're not going to replace the Republicans. No, so no, it's they're what they're forgetting is history mm-hmm. um <laughs> franklin roosevelt was not a super liberal person yeah he was very wealthy um and and he got elected because of hoover and um they pushed him mm-hmm. the senate pushed him yeah it, he was pushed into this joe biden can be pushed yes into into basically the public option will open us up to medicare for all people you gotta think smart and and start you know uh, ryan knight god bless him it's like dude we don't have second we don't have ranked choice voting i know so already we have two major parties that that control, mm-hmm. and that's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Okay, because the money is going to those major parties right. and has been forever. Yeah, that is unfortunate. I don't like it either. Yeah, but we're not Australia. Uh-huh. We are not these other countries that have ranked. Cho- if we had ranked choice voting, that would be awesome. It would. And we I would, would have a it. more liberal. Everything would be more liberal because all right, first person isn't getting all. So number two gets it. Great, right. fantastic. You know, at least I can choice how I want things done. Yes. And so I'm all for ranked choice voting. We don't have that in this country. And it's not a we, spoiler. Yeah. It's not a spoiler. Exactly. And so it, and, and you, sometimes the, the first person does get everybody riled right. up and yay, you know? Yeah. So it, we don't have that. I used to get into arguments with my old podcast partner cause he's from Australia. He goes, well, why not? And I said, that's not how this country works. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> sorry, yeah. but 
you know, Maine, I, Maine has ranked choice voting. And I hope right. that as we move forward and for anybody who doesn't understand it, and I hope I get this right, it's basically like, let's just say that your first choice is Biden. So you would mark Biden as your first choice. Right. And then wh- whoever is your second choice, like, let's say it's a, it's a, you know, I don't know, Nina Turner. Right. Uh, Cause Jill Stein isn't running now. Thank God. But thank God. Let's, and so, I mean, Nina isn't either, but let's just say Nina decided to run for president. Okay. So Nina would be number two and then, and then Trump would have to be number three. So right. if you, if, if, if Biden, if you, if, if your first choice do, and say, let, let's reverse it and say Nina is your favorite. Right. So if Nina doesn't get it, then it automatically goes to Biden. Right. So that's how it works. And it's yeah. great because there are no spoilers. That way exactly. you get to vote your conscience mm-hmm. and you do. And I really do think it's important. I really do think it's important for um, the party to because that's going to force the party to go, OK, we need mm-hmm. to look at ourselves and we need to cater to the people. If we want to win that many votes, we need to cater to the people. When right now what's happening is somebody like Jill Stein can come in and, and you know, whatever his fucking name was from 2000. Ralph Nader can come in mm-hmm. and fuck it all up. Mm-hmm. They can fuck it all up. And it's, un- it, you know, it's like then we Ross, all get Perot. Ross Perot. Exactly. So, you know, it's, it, I, I wish we would have ranked choice voting. But like mm-hmm. what you said. We don't have it yet. We don't. We don't have it. So so stop it. <laughs> you know? And and yes, it's 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 the Cornell Wests and the Ryan Knights yeah. and the Susan Sarandons and the Marianne Williamsons, yeah. et cetera, that I mean Marianne, God bless her, keeps running for president. Try try something smaller. Yes. <laughs> I know. Well, but the thing is is she you know, I'm pretty sure that her ego is so inflated because she's, you know, didn't she like marry Oprah or something like that? It's like she's 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 in with the with the wealthy crowd and I mean I went to go see her in the 80s my friend took me to one I of her I seminars I think I met her years ago too really She's a lovely lady yeah, yeah. I mean um, and I actually you know I mean in that venue yeah. where she was it was a course of miracles and I mean I'm not even religious but I liked her approach because it wasn't mm-hmm. that organized religious approach it was just about you know, being a good person right. and, and, and reflection and, and analyzing your, your who you are and, and the choices you make. And she didn't sound like a lunatic. And obviously at the time she wasn't being an anti-vaxxer or, right. you know, any, and some of the weird things that she's talked about with people who are overweight and things like that. She's, she's come up with some weird yeah. ideas. And I do, I always love to kind of play with the... You know, Jen Kirkman was on the other day and we were talking about the fact that I'm interested in law of attraction and the idea that there's more to life than meets the eye. But that's where you play and you have fun with it. But in reality, you deal with reality. And Mm -hmm. even though you may not like what's going on politically, you really only have two choices here. Mm-hmm. You can tell me you've got another choice, and yes, on that ballot you can write it in, or you can vote for that other person. But the reality is, it's going to be the it's going to be a Democrat or a Republican who's going to win. You can vote mm-hmm. for whoever you want, but but it's going to be between those two. Period. You can't change that. And so yeah. yeah, and so it's like, and now thankfully, I mean, I saw your tweet and I retweeted you about the fact that it's two to one. Uh, progressives are going to vote for Biden, and I really hope that sticks. I hope it sticks, and I hope the kids, the the young, you know, the eighteen to thirty year olds that normally don't vote, yeah. do. I hope that people can, you know, I mean, I know, I know that's the hardest one to, especially if they don't like Vi- Biden, because mm-hmm. they've got this idea about him mm-hmm. from their friends, and you know, I mean, I have a cousin who is a Bernie supporter. He's not. I, I mean, I I think I'm. He voted for Hillary Clinton, and I'm going to assume I didn't ask him if he's going to vote for Biden. So I, right. I hope that he does. 
because he's got parents who I think are going to talk to him. You know what I mean? Like, come on, right. we got, we got to, we got to do this. We got to make sure he has a newborn. <laughs> you know, it's like you want to protect your child, yeah, but you know, no. there's a lot of these young people who are just, they don't really understand. And I was one of them. I mean, I never voted third party, but I was one of those young people who I didn't understand politics. And if I had friends who were not informed, filling my head up with a bunch of bullshit, I would, you know, you get all self-righteous and you think, yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm going to purity vote this. And and it's like, no, it doesn't work that way. So, yeah, I hope those young people do. I do, too. And and as far as, you know, the the new party that Cornell West and company are trying to start, it's like, guys, get into the Democratic Party. Yeah. Become precinct managers. Yes. I mean, this, those people are the ones who get the, the, your locals mm-hmm. elected. And guess what? Locals move up to higher office. Exactly. That's how the Tea Party did it. Yes. They started eight in the 80s. It started with them going, let's start, the lo- let's start with dog catcher mm-hmm. and move on up, you know, yeah. because that's how they get infiltrated. And that's, that's yes. the brilliance of, of the Republican Party since about Reagan, where they went, okay, we're going to start local yeah. and move on up, you know. And that and is the way to do it. And that's the way you should do it. It's the way to do it. You get involved at the local level and you get elected to mm-hmm. these. You start, you, okay, there's precincts in everywhere, Democratic precincts. They nominate their local of people and they end up helping to nominate the the president and that's your delegates hello right. yeah um so you get involved and you become a precinct captain guess what now you have some power yeah and you want you want somebody that's super progressive you put your you put all your force into that yeah hi aoc had that mm-hmm. people supported her she got a, a an establishment democrat out mm-hmm. um so and it starts at that kind i mean she was lucky to win that election mind yeah. you she also is a hell of a politician and yes. really really fucking smart yeah but that was that was like whoa i'm sure like president obama when he ran in 2008 he's like i ain't gonna win this time yeah it's a first run. Right. You know, <laughs> you know, then, and then boom, yeah. you know, thank God. But it was like, and I think AOC probably didn't think she would win just yeah. because of the machine that was against her yes. in those primaries. Yeah. And then she ended up getting it. So, and good for her. Mm-hmm. And that's how you do that. You yes. work within the system to change it. Women, when we didn't have the vote, guess what? We needed to rely on yes. men. Yes, we did. We had to work for it and, you know, get on their case about it. Yeah. But without them supporting it, it that would have never happened. Yeah. Well, you got to you know, work I, with what we got. That's it. You know, and I always, I go back to, uh, I, I, I was conversing with someone about the idea that if Joe Biden, you know, ele- chose a woman, which he did, uh, and, and then eventually she were to become president because he decides not to run in 2024, or mm-hmm. if he, for some reason, if, if something happens forbid, and he needs yeah. to step down, um, it was like her her take on this was that she resented that and it's like well yeah i understand it's patriarchy because you know w- w- unfortunately americans too many americans just don't feel confident voting for a woman and that that goes to liberals too it's not mm-hmm. just conservatives because i, I agree. you know and i'm worried that this, a conservative woman will get it before a liberal woman and we'll never fucking hear the end of it but um you know i mean the th- but that's the thing it's like w- we are not at this point uh so we're still patriarchal. So if a woman were to win because a man gave her a helping hand, all I give a shit, you know, and, and I always put it to myself this way. What if, and you know what, and I will say this, in the ERA, the last state, which was Virginia, seven Republican men voted along with Democra- uh, Democrats mm-hmm. to pass it. It was seven white men. I will gladly take their help. 
I will speak because what does that mean? That means equality in the fucking constitution for everybody. Not just, you know, people say that women have the equality and they point to the 14th amendment, which specifies men and they point to the 19th or yeah, the 19th amendment, which is just the right to vote. And it's like, well, that's not everything. And And wasn't it, wasn't it uh, Scalia who pointed that out? Yes. Yes. He specifically said you, he said you cannot, how did he say it? He said, you can't force someone to discriminate, but there is no protection against you. If mm-hmm. someone does discriminate against you, he yeah, there's nothing in the Constitution yes. that specifically prevents that for women or men to be discriminated on on the basis of sex. Yeah. And so it's like if, if I have to fucking suck it up and yeah. have a man help us make that happen, that. then I will <laughs> suck it up. Because what that means is for generations to come, it's in the Constitution, which, of course, it is not yet because it yep. has to be ratified or right. I'm sorry, it's been ratified. It has. There's a legal battle about the the uh, deadline the deadline yeah yeah so i mean i know that and it's really very easy it's just the republicans want to make it different with lawsuits but it's very easy because all they have all congress has to do is extend it one more time and it's done yeah so yeah. cuz they extended it i think twice at least once they but did. i think they extended it twice so right. they have the power to do that it's already precedent and it's done so or they could just vote to remove it and get rid of it altogether either way yes. that's it and then it's 2 years from the date of this past January that it would be into the constitution. And from my understanding, which is really cool because Kate Kelly was on my show earlier this year and she was talking about the, uh, the hearing that they had, which addressed trans rights and -hmm. addressed, uh, I think it was LGBT because like if it would have passed without that particular hearing, Mm -hmm. then, you know, lawyers could argue after it was already into the constitution and somebody, you know, brought a case and it got to the courts a, a lawyer could say, well, it never specified that it covered people who, you know, trans people. It did now. So everybody mm-hmm. is covered. Every group out there. And I mean, it should be that way because it says on account of sex. And right. the idea is y- you can choose the gender you want to identify with, but we mm-hmm. all have a sex. And right. so the const- in the Constitution, that's how it would read. So there shouldn't be any fucking problems. But, you know, lawyers and they, how right. they like to twist things. So they can't even twist it because it was specified. Mm-hmm. So, you know, thankfully that, was, that happened. And, you know, now we can move on. But, you know, that's going back to your point. It, you know, you use what you got. You have to work with the system you have mm-hmm. to change from within instead mm-hmm. of banging on the doors and pointing fingers and making everybody angry because I do go to Ryan Knight's feed every day. I blocked him Mm -hmm. on Twitter, but I unblock him. And then I look, you know, to see what he's saying. And I always get so angry and it makes me, it's upsetting to me because I feel like, you know, I don't know what the deal is with him. He was so very much this positive person Mm -hmm. when he was interested in Warren, but when he became a Bernie supporter, he just, he turned mean and mm-hmm. it's like he's calling us names all the time. And I mean us meaning people who are going to vote for Biden. All of a sudden now I'm a centrist. And it's mm-hmm. like I don't have anything against centrists. I really don't. But it's like don't call me what I'm not. Right. You know, I'm, I'm not purple either. You know, I don't have right. anything against the color purple, but I'm not purple. So it's like don't call me fucking purple. And he just does it all day long. And it's like, God, he's so angry. And he's so – and I get why people are angry. There's a I lot to be angry yeah. about. But Jesus Christ, we have to fucking unite and we have to get this fucker out of office. He is, you know, I'm going to end with this because I don't know what was going on with me uh, last week. I didn't feel good. 
um, on Wednesday night. And mm-hmm. this is a little bit too much information, but I really don't care. So if it, if it embarrasses <laughs> anyone out there, I'm sorry. But I thought I was getting a, a urinary tract infection. I, you know, I had the signs. Oh, those sucks. Uh, they, I hate they, those. They suck so bad. But I have the signs where you like have to go and it hurts and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I took the medication. There's a stuff called Azo. So I took Azo mm-hmm. and I took Advil and I went to bed. And I woke up the next day. Now, this has happened to me before, and I do think sometimes it feels like I'm getting a UTI, but it's like a hormonal thing that's happening to me because okay. then the next day I just don't have it, and, mm-hmm. and then it never comes back, and I'm fine. So, okay, so, for, so I started on Wednesday night. I, I thought that was happening, took the azo and everything, woke up on Thursday, just felt not great. I didn't feel like I had an, a UTI, but I just kind of felt like, I don't feel good today. And mm-hmm. then I woke up on Friday around 8 o'clock in the morning. I had this uh, pain under my left rib cage, and it was really uncomfortable. And, of course, you know, I tell my mom, I tell Bob, and everyone's worried because they're like, is it an internal organ? And, and long story short, I think I pulled something because Probably, yeah. um, it, it, it went away with heat. And it's been getting a little bit better every day. I still have it, but mm-hmm. it's not quite as bad. But it's like, honestly, I think it's the stress from watching the RNC. Like, I think that my, yeah. my mental state was so negative, And I was afraid and I was upset and I felt sick to my stomach. And I think it just, it literally made me feel sick. You know, and, yeah. then, and then maybe I pulled something. Uh, like, I think I pulled a muscle. And so, you know, add to that. But it was just like, you know, finally, today is the first day that I'm starting to feel like, okay, I'm feeling a little bit better. I, you know, I was a little concerned. And the last thing I want to fucking do is go to urgent care. And I'll yeah. have to go to urgent care because if I call my regular doctor, they're not going to have an appointment available for three weeks or something. So, right. so when it comes to a UTI, you can't wait. You got to go and get your medicine. Oh, yeah. So it's like it's, I've just been feeling like crap. And I honestly think. So it's like I'm, you know, all of this is taking such a toll on all of us in various ways, like low-grade depressions. You know, Michelle Obama was talking about it. I know my mm-hmm. mother fights it. I fight it. I, f- you know, I find that I, I'm more snippy sometimes or I, I have less patience with things. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's all upsetting to us. But, you know, you've got those people out there, the, the Brianna Joy Gray or whatever fucking name is. And you know, even fucking David Sirota is like, we, can't, we, we cannot reelect Trump. I mean, he even realizes right. it. Yeah. So it's like, geez. Well, Noam Chomsky is going to vote for Biden, for fuck's sake. Wow. <laughs> so, I mean, if you Chomskyites are mad at him now, yeah. I think it's not about your ideology. It's yeah. about being contrary. It is. It's their contrarians. Exactly. Contrarians. Oh, my God. Well, uh, as you know, as usual, I could just talk to you for... <laughs> Uh, you'll, you'll be invited back soon, so. Oh, yay. <laughs> because I love talking with you. It's so fun. <laughs> I love, I, I like you're really smart. You know the issues, and you're just plain fun to talk to. So I always appreciate it. You're so it. sweet. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm going to do is I will put all of your, I'm going to put your information, just like last time, mm-hmm. and, you know, where to follow you in the text of the Patreon. And what what is your what is your handle on Twitter? My Twitter is from the bunker JR, okay. like from the bunker junior. Okay, there you go. So I'll put that in whatever I had in the last text. I'll put it in the current text. And um, and then, of course, what days are you on Stephanie Miller on Wednesdays? I am on Tuesdays. Tuesdays, okay. Tomorrow I, I'm going to help Travis and Chris host, I guess. Oh, how fun. Because she's on vacation ah. in the 
in her house because she can't <laughs> go anywhere. Poor baby. And then, of course, on Thursdays, you're part of the... Uh, Bob you're Seska show. Part of the Bob Seska show. You're the goth. What is it? The goth ninjas. We are the goth ninjas. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you and David. Oh my God. And of course, David's on the show every once in a while too. So I've kind of taken you guys away. That's fine for myself. I'm a big <laughs> whore, apparently. <laughs> well, so am I. And I. Well, there was I'm one, a baby there was killing whore. The last time I was on your show, I was also on another friend's. But I was on like five podcasts <laughs> in one week. <laughs> Oh, my God. It's like so funny how uh, years and years ago, nobody ever knew what a fucking podcast was. And it's like, that's all I do anymore. Yeah. You know, I just have podcasts. I ha- I do mine either two or three times a week and then I do Bob's and then occasionally I do somebody else's. So, yeah, it's like podcast city. Anyway. All right. Well, I am going to let you go. Thank you for being on the show. I love talking to you. It's always a joy. And you just have a good you have a good one. You, too. Love talking to you. Take care. Yes, I do. I, I like talking to her because, uh, you know what, uh, as I said, when I saw the the post from somebody that I know who said that, like, this so-called pandemic, I lost my fucking shit. I was like, no. I mean, I've known this person my entire life. And this is what I, I, I can't even believe. And no, he's not a Trumper. He's not a Trumper. And he's educated and just giving into conspiracies. So, yay. It, it's very disheartening. So talking to Jody is, it's like kind of brought me out of it. Now I'm, now I'm in a much better mood. <laughs> um, but I don't think I, I really, you know, I'm not going to say who's who I'm waiting for a confirmation. Let's just say that I'm waiting for a confirmation for Wednesday. So I can't announce who it is. And outside of that, I'm not going to do a patrons only show this week. It's going to be next week. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully Stephanie will be available, but, you know, we're not sure what's going on. I do want to say anybody who reached out to her uh, to just offer their love and good vibes, she, it meant so much to her. So thank you. I appreciate it. I know she appreciates it. And that's just going to be it. I'm going to end here. So don't forget you can find me on Twitter at author Kimberly, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y. And then you can also go to Amazon, check out my books. And if you like them, please give them a review and review, review, review. I can never say that enough. And that's going to be it. I'm going to see all of you on Wednesday. Take care and be safe.